ready to begin our eyes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that back up. You shouldn't have, because now it's just going to be in my head every time somebody says, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to want to do it. Fuck you, Rhett. You've already ruined yeah. episode 55.1 of the Sox cast. Good, good going. Ooh, we got a decimal again. We do, we do, and that's because we've got some program notes uh, to kind of smack you upside the face with here at the start of the show. Guess, you know, anytime we do a point one episode, there's going to be a point two afterward, and next week, with any luck in the world, we will be uh, we will be coming back with our good pal, Carmichael McAllis Margatroyd, uh, <laughs> to do a Mega Dimension thingamadooter game. Nep- Mega Dimension thing. Neptunia Victory 2. There you go, that game. I remember playing that, I just don't remember the name of it. It's quite a mouthful. It is, it is. Just like Big <laughs> Nut. Just like Big Nut. Oh, a mouthful. There you go. See what I did? See what I did there? You see the brilliance of what I did there, right? Tell me you saw that. Yeah, like Alice Margatroyd is a Toho. Got- <laughs> Nailed it! Nailed it. Nailed it. Probably likes so- them. So yeah, um, next week, hopefully next weekend, we'll be doing a spoiler cast for Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory 2. That'll be fun. If you're into that kind of thing, I know some people, I know some very, you know, we get some very vocal emails about not really liking the Neptunia content and how often (laughs) it appears on this show, but uh, it's it's my podcast, so go eat a bowl of dicks. How about that? Um... (laughs) And uh, after that episode, we will be taking a month off. Oh, uh, we don't have to. I told them that they could do an episode or two without me if they wanted. Um, and they're but still welcome refused. to do that. And they refused. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just say that they <laughs> refused while I put my tire iron away. Um, but yeah, um, I'm really busy. And I'm kind of bur- burning out in a lot of avenues at the moment. So we're just going to, like, come back. Uh, after we do the Nepcast next week, we're going to be coming back again on the weekend of November 4th. So you won't be that long without us. There's not that yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was baiting that out. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be the whole episode. Remember that joke we did three episodes ago? I know. It's it wasn't even back. the last episode. It didn't come come back till now this one had a long tail to it and then it came it circled right right back around like all good jokes do and then you you re-explain them because that's that's how humor work to my immediate virtual right just call him gundam because he's got a big old unit (laughs) it's ret hi how's it going I'm trying to think of a Gundam joke, but I like literally know nothing about was, that series. I was going to ask you what your unit number was. <laughs> it's about the the most. I don't know if I. Isn't that Evan Evangelion? Probably. I've yeah. heard them called Gundam units before. You're it's probably pro- right. It's probably I don't know right. enough to know that you're if you're wrong. So Super we'll Dimension do- Fortress, Super Dimension Fortress Gundam. Exactly. Super Neptunia right. Victory Eight. That's how. Starring that Alice Margatroyd. Yes. Boom. Nailed it. We're just gonna, like, getting all the classics in before we take a bit of a break. That's what yeah. you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta, you know, gotta get all the classics in. To my immediate virtual life, if he was a Pokemon, his weakness would be bread. <laughs> it's John Douchebag Baby Boy Thire. Hi! How's it going? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah. 
did not share any of the cookie dough. Mm mm, it was delicious. I ate a little bit of it, but then Anna's gonna make the make it into cookies. So you're now blaming Anna for the disappearance of the cookie dough that you did not share with your co-hosts. Yes. Generally, really, it's all Anna's fault. Like if I if you think I'm doing something wrong, like really, you can just kind of blame her. I'm going to seclude this audio and send it to her email anonymously. <laughs> you know, cookie dough never made sense to me because it's like, why would you cook the cookies? You're making it worse that way. Just eat the fucking dough. You're not wrong, but this I mean, what? but like warm and, cookies, and it dude? takes effort. Come on, dude, warm cookies. Come on now, tell me you haven't dough, fallen dough. in love. You. Dude, warm, fucking, fresh-ass chocolate chip cookie. You've I not honestly had don't one? Think I ever did that as a kid. Like, you, actually made the cookies. You are deprived. You need, like, like tomorrow, you need to uh, go to the store, get some cookie dough, throw that shit up in an oven, throw that shit right in your mouth right after you get it out of that. Well, not right after. <laughs> I don't condone that. I, don't, I can't stand by that, telling our listeners to... I assumed that all cookies were way worse than cookie dough until Anna made me cookies. And then I was like, oh, okay, cookies can be good. Although I do think that paradox applies to blueberry pies and all bl- and blueberry smoothies and all things blueberries. Like, why the fuck not just eat some delicious berries? Dude, blueberry the muffins are the shit, and I will not have you continue existing on my podcast <laughs> while disparaging the good name of blueberry muffins. Okay, blueberry muffins are pretty good. That's, that's all right. See, those are more muffin than blueberry. It's like you can sacrifice yeah. a few blueberries to make the muffin yeah. better. Yeah, you can put 10 blueberries in a muffin or 20 blueberries in a muffin oh, and it'll be way better. A seems pie, like a lot, actually. <laughs> a pie will take, like, hundreds of blueberries and they all get mashed up and mixed with sugar and you're just barely getting any of that sweet, sweet blueberry goodness. How you feel? How you guys feel your about, mouth. How you guys feel about uh, bagels with 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 uh, with some nice uh, berries in them? Yeah, I mean a, a, a blueberry pie is going to be a better pie than any other kind of pie, and a blueberry bagel is going to be better than another bagel. And blueberry bagels don't use up all the blueberry all the Motherfu- motherfucker. Do you even pumpkin pie? <laughs> oh, pumpkin pie is real good. Okay, I pecan think, pie is pump- also the best. Pumpkin is the exception where you can make it into anything better than... Anything better than fucking pumpkin, yes. Yeah. Throw the seeds in the oven with some salt and butter, and they will Boom. be delicious. Fantastic. Yep. Happy just, Halloween, everybody. Just like a, a, a nice little <laughs> yeah, this, bit. This is our a Halloween nice episode. little bit of garlic on that butter. Oh. Make it pop. Yeah. Just put some garlic on butter, and then eat that. There you go. Just take a whole clove of garlic... And slather it in butter, butter and just like eat it like I'm an thinking apple. just like oh. have a slightly warm stick of butter and then just kind of worm the clove of garlic into it and then eat it like a candy bar. Oh, I mean just like take a stick of butter, like take the clove of garlic and just smush it all in your hands like a, just a big filthy <laughs> What animal, happened here? And just like smash it all over your face and mouth and it's like yeah, just boom. Lay it down on the table and then smash your face into it. Exactly. And then just roll it around a bunch. Man, I thought it was burnt out, but now I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what old boy? What was I thinking? It's October 1st, time for the Halloween episode. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Because fucking everybody on Twitter is just like, okay, time for Halloween. <laughs> it's, like, it's like October 1st. It's time for us to be scary. It's like, you need a fucking month to do that? Oh, are you I guys? Are you guys just trying to outdo Christmas now? Well, Christmas can last a million, billion Christmas years. Christmas is Maybe like two months now. Holiday. 
Maybe the good holiday can last a full month. Man. Everybody, everybody on Twitter is doing their dumb Halloween avatars and names, yeah. and I'm just like, get out of here. I'm not doing that. I'm not like you. I'm a rebel. I saw your loose can, loose cannon, something. There you go. I'm know. a loose cannon. I'm a, I'm a maverick. I saw a good tweet. Ah, <laughs> you're, the four seasons. Cold, wet Halloween, Christmas are the four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It was a pretty hot summer. It's starting to cool down, though, and that's making me very angry. It got real cold real quick. Yeah, it did. I'm not a fan of this step outside, you know, for work-related activity at 6 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and thinking, I need a jacket now. That's not how this is supposed to work it was at like all. I know. I had to put on a jacket the other day. Anytime we talk about weather, we can just always talk over John and exclude his opinion. <laughs> that's fair. All right, Florida boy. Yeah, and it was just like, holy shit, the house is warmer on the inside than the outside. This It hasn't been this in, like, months. So that was pretty special. It was like, oh, fall happened. Yeah. You know what else and happened? It, and I went to 90 degrees. You know what else happened? Th- things happened. We all did stuff in the last two weeks. Well, mostly. Uh, most, did we? Most of us. I tell you what, get you a stopwatch, because I'm going to take you through the fastest... The yappity yap yap what you've been up to uh, portion of the show you've probably ever heard. And I'm going to be as vague as possible. That way, that, you know, next time we do an episode, I can actually talk about these things coherently and not just be like, oh, you know, I did it. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> go here, for it. Here we go. Number one, it picks up exactly where the first one left off. Number two, I didn't get a chance to finish it yet, but I got it working. All right. We're done. <laughs> he didn't even say the titles. Well, no, I didn't. On to Rhett's. Oh, we're starting with the... We're starting with you. The marathon. This, the marathon. Let's get these people going. We need to get these people woken up. Like, this has not been an episode. We start with the main course. I, I, th- I think talking about food for ten minutes and then ending with food smashed all over your face is <laughs> par for the course here. <laughs> par for the main course. Uh, main course. You know, there I've you literally never heard of blueberry bagels. Main course? Main course food talk? So Polly's just like the appetizer, and then Rhett's the big main course, and then I'm the nice little dessert. Exactly. You, you can just mm. kick your mouth all over us. <laughs> oh my god. Rhett, get me out of this. Hurry. Uh, escape button! Escape button! Press it! You start wording! I watched Go. the dumb anime. You watched the dumb anime. Yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> so the show, it's called... What, why am I losing my voice right now? Sorry. Um, hey, I got called... allergies, and I'm feeling the full brunt of that tonight, so don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so there's this show on Netflix. I'd seen the icon for, like, months. It's been there since I got Netflix in March. And I kind of hovered over it the other day. I'm like, oh, it's a magical girl thing. Why don't I just watch it for whatever reason? Uh, it's called Yuki Yuna is a Hero. Mm-hmm. And... Hey, did you like Madoka? All right. Because yeah. they made Madoka again. Oh. <laughs> it this show like like literally everything in it has Oh, like that time it, this happened in Madoka. Oh, <laughs> like everything no. has an equivalent. It's just like really It's like literally derivative. Yeah. Or it's it, like it's, uh, Can you even call it derivative if it's just straight up copy and pasting the same thing? I mean it's it's real close, like, 
oh, the main girl has pink hair when she's in battle, and oh, she has a timid friend with long black hair, and oh, there's a blonde girl with twin tails, and she's oh kind of the God. older sister mentor character. You know what this and, reminds oh, me of, Oh, there's a right? rebellious girl who doesn't really want to be part of the group, and she her color is red. Like You know what this reminds really, me of? really, really... This reminds me yeah. of, like, there was a game people were linking on Twitter. I think it was either last oh, week sorry, or you earlier out for this a second week. For me. There was a game people were linking earlier, either last week or, yeah. or, 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 or this week. And it was like, these people basically just made super ghouls and ghosts, but oh, like, yeah, they, they changed the character to a girl. But it's like it's basically yeah, the same the frame, thing. The animations are like the exact the, same the, poses. The same pose. Like you guys literally are just like you can't call this a tribute. You're just making the same game. Like yeah. like mm-hmm. even though even though I made a Flappy Bird derivative, I didn't say that it was an homage. I basically said, yeah, I made the same dumb thing. That's yeah, I definitely what, got a little weirded out by. The animation being so similar to that, but then I watched the trailer. And I'm like, eh, it seems unique enough, and it's not like they make those games anymore. Not really, but it's just, eh, just kind of claim uh, ownership of like it's a tribute or it's an homage. By the way, we're gonna charge money for it. It's the Dark Souls of. <laughs> oh, get fucking <laughs> start talking about your dumb little girl anime right now before I get mad. <laughs> so again, this show is just like, oh. We made Monica again. Like, there are some differences, but, like, the devil's in the details, really. Like, overall, it just was super Monica-y. Oh. And, uh... How do I want to say I don't want to spoil the whole... Well, maybe I should, just should. So, Monica characters die, right? Yeah, yeah, that's common. This doesn't do that. That's the one difference. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They go for something that's maybe even more insidious. And that would be... <laughs> Yeah, so when the characters, like, do their ultimate power form, like, the level 2 transformation, afterwards, things aren't the same for them, because they become permanently disabled in their what? real life. Oh, that's real fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's real fucked up. <laughs> so one of the girls, like, loses vision in one of her eyes, one of them loses her voice, like, one girl's in a wheelchair... <laughs> seems seems like you might want to maybe not do that secondary transformation. Yeah, so, so then, but it's like, it's kind of like a meter that rises as they kill enemies. Like, they oh, can't no. prevent it from happening. Oh, no. So, just, you know, fuck it, full-on spoilers. There's a part towards the end in, like, second-to-last episode where one girl does the transformation four times in one battle. Because oh, she's, like, soloing this whole group. Good lord. And boy, it's like supposed to be this real triumphant badass moment and you're just like oh boy this is going to be real fucking bad when it when she's done isn't it oh by the way she has no bones anymore <laughs> okay so here's what they did oh god she lost her eyes mm-hmm. she lost her ears oh good she lost the use of her right arm and the use of her right leg wow so she's just totally laying there unable to see or hear anybody around oh wow that's... so it's 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 monica torture porn basically oh jesus and then they get to the last episode and hey uh polly uh-oh did you like my hime <laughs> i liked my hime for 25 episodes actually yeah yeah that show was pretty good it had some stakes to it 
It, uh, you know, it escalated very well, and I feel that, you know, a lot of good character growth, you know, people learning things about themselves, people facing vulnerabilities, yeah, good stuff, and then... Yeah. And then episode and then, 26 happens, and oh... And then, what we call the eye patch falls off. Oh my fucking god. Which literally happens again in this show. <laughs> Is this show by Sunrise? No, but... Okay. Because then there would be precedent, but... My god. So my oh. first impression of this ending was, oh, you might heemed it. Fuck you. Like, all the sacrifice that they were making, knowing they were making it, like, it's all gets wiped away. Yeah, it means uh, nothing. Yeah. And then I saw some theories online about the ending, and it's like, oh, wait, no, it's a Monica ending where she sacrifices herself to make everybody else better. Uh-huh, I, I still uh-huh. think that... Yeah, those but, kind of endings really erase they, the kind of sacrifices yes, that characters make. The things that make them stronger ultimately mean nothing in the end. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. Because yeah, I, I was some... like trying to think about what the, the show meant to me, and it was ultimately a show about sacrifice. And then, oh no, never mind. Mm. Mm. Do you think that that's like? I think this ending would have been real fucking dark if they didn't do that, though. Well, yeah, so would Mahime, but, like, I'm not saying that you have to have a bad ending or a dark ending to be some kind of lightning edge boy or something, but I I think that, like, when you introduce stakes this high, you have to have the balls to pull the trigger on saying, okay, there are going to be permanent, like, repercussions for the things that have happened here or what does this story really mean if you just go and erase it like this yeah i definitely agree with that it was Mm -hmm. just real frustrating being like oh and everything worked out okay in the end like they got used by the system horribly disfigured for a few episodes but oh somehow everything is fine again like it really felt like it just threw everything away Mm -hmm. because in monica like the blue hair girl stays dead she and, does, yes. Yeah, the black-haired girl remembers everything, and Monica's gone, right? Yeah. So all the biggest sacrifices basically are maintained. I mean, they do technically revive two characters in Monica, but mm-hmm. they they very much don't emphasize on that, so you don't feel too cheated. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, they focus on Sayaka, who is yeah. staying dead. Yeah, Sayaka's very, death is one of the big moments dead. there. <laughs> exactly. So then I went on to anime... What's that site? You know, the... Anime list. My anime list. Yeah. So you mean that list where they that 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 site where they make anime lists? My yeah. anime <laughs> list. <laughs> Wonder so what I, that site could be. So I was reading the forum thread for the last episode, and a lot of people were pretty upset about. Oh, they cheaped out. They didn't go for the dark, heartbreaking ending. Mm-hmm. But then I came across one post that was. Uh, it was certainly something. Uh oh. So. Polly, do you want to read that? Oh, boy. Here I just go. linked it in the chat. Okay, I'm a Logan. I did black out the spoilers, even though I just kind of said what you, happened Even anyways. though you... Okay. But it, the point gets across anyways. All right. Elmau, at this shit, came in and thought it was one of those retarded-ass schoolgirls doing random shit since episode one. Then, Mado- then Madoka vibe came in, so I gave it a chance. Sundere birthday ep was nice, not gonna lie. All the battles felt out of place as fuck. Whoever directed this shit should retire. Ending logic makes no fucking sense. Whatsoever. Including what the fuck... 
tell me what that is. I don't remember. Okay, they're uh, all the stuff that Rhett spoiled, basically. Yeah. BRB WTF at this shit. Couldn't have... <laughs> Could have, could have been a great series, but poor ass execution and, and shit logic ruined it big time. Would fucking destroy Togo's pussy so fucking hard, though. Fwark! <laughs> that fucking last line comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Would fucking destroy that pussy! <laughs> I didn't realize what I was reading until halfway through the line, and then I just can't. <laughs> this worked perfectly. Life is good. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I guess, like, the real question about this show, though, is, like, would you fucking destroy Togo's pussy? Nah. Nah. Middle schoolers. Okay, that's not cool at all. <laughs> Oh my god, what a- internet go f- take a shower. <laughs> Seriously. Take a shower. <laughs> Dump a bucket of cold water in your head. God. <laughs> I will say like the fights in the show are really well done and like incredibly visually. Mm-hmm. But like overall the story just pooped itself right at the end. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, the show's really oh no, no, you're you're fucking falling on your face at the end. Mm-hmm. I think all internet criticism now should just be like that <laughs> final line right there. <laughs> Would just like blow a fucking load all over her tonsils. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> internet! Jesus Christ! Life is good. <laughs> should we move on? Or can we move on after that? <laughs> I think this podcast has been destroyed. That's the only thing that's destroyed here. <laughs> okay, I think uh I think is this like a show that was just like designed by committee to be a big thing I, so, or Yeah, this is like part of some big project where this is like the second part there's a prequel series like a light novel and then there's a sequel light novel okay so this was basically written by committee so yeah. you, you can't have anything actually mean anything basically you get like the first nine episodes of code Geass, and then we have to walk all that back because it's written uh, by committee yeah yeah this is part of some like big media project and they just copied Monica. That's the saddest part. Like, that's the height of our ambition. Just copy the one thing that was, you know, really good instead well, of... No, no, not really good. Made a lot of money. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah, that's basically... That's that's kind of the, the, the entire Japanese cartoon industry at this point, though. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. You're just like, oh, Sword Art Online made a lot of money. Let's Let's all do that. Oh, boy. So, a new Deer Hunter album came out about a month ago. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't talk about it. We never talked about we didn't it. Talk and, about uh, it. Um, I've warmed up to it. Oh, really? Cool. I did not. I didn't really like it at first. This is uh, yeah. Act Five, uh, or is it Act Five? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Act Five. Hymns and uh, blah blah. It's hymns with the devil and confessional. I think. Yeah, and um, um, and I tell you what, we'll pause right here to 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 add some. 
music that they can listen to.
up again You all be getting up again I heard a voice it said So that is, that, that's a bit of a dose of the new Deer Hunter record. Um, I didn't like this record that much at all. Mm. I think that it had a really strong, like, first six or seven tracks. Yeah, it starts, it does start probably stronger than the last third. Oh, it definitely, like, whereas Act 4 is just absolutely insane and a mm. revelation the entire way through. Yeah. This this album I still I don't think that it's anywhere as good and I don't I don't think it's even as good as Act 3. Mm, see I disagree with you there but again this is like A plus records versus like a B record. Yeah, like, like, still like, good stuff. This isn't Migrant which wasn't No, very good. I I really listened to that one the other day. It's like, oh man, really. This, this isn't the color spectrum, which is a lot of throwaway. Mhm. Uh, this is actually still pretty good Deer Hunter work. I just, I think the pacing is just not good because it front loads all of the loudness and then it's just like for 45 minutes, it's just like, well, all right, here's a lot of strings and, you know. It's a lot of songs that have big moments, but they're short. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff builds to something, but then it goes away like pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. So that stuff's real cool live though when it's just like, shaking your whole body like with the don't 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 like well, a, I, that's ab, that stuff absolutely would work live you know yeah. but, but like you know when you're listening to it on the best headset or stereo system you're yeah. not going to get as good of an experience from something like that as a live show yeah so i guess i didn't mention i saw them live two days ago mm-hmm. so that was a fun time cool how'd that go it was great yeah very good show yeah so yeah. thing i didn't notice no until now though is that they got a new keyboard player mm-hmm. in 2016, mm-hmm. and he's like an accomplished musician that has done a bunch of stuff himself. Mm-hmm. So he's just their opening act now. Oh wow! Yeah, weird. Because like, so like, there were two opening acts. One was a keyboard player with a band, and then like another band. But then like, Deer Hunter starts, and the keyboard player comes back out, and I'm like, wait, is that the same guy? I'm like, oh, it is. Like Gavin something. Mm. So that's pretty. Uh, you know they're. <laughs> Multiversatile, I guess. Yeah, that you just have a guy that can be your opening act. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool shit. He was really good too. Mm-hmm. Like I would imagine them putting on a really great live show because I mean it's like you know, prog bands usually put on really fantastic yeah. live shows. Yeah, this was a pretty small club, like less than a thousand people, definitely. The one thing I was disappointed was because I read this article with Casey, like an interview. He was mm-hmm. saying like. Oh yeah, we're doing the Act Four and Five tour now, and we've got like a whole orchestra with us. And like, nope, not not the, for this show though, because it's just too small of a club. Oh no! But that's I don't know if that was the bummer. plan or if that's coming up later. Mm. So they played like 
five or six songs from Act Four and five each, mm-hmm. and then one song from Act Two. Oh, jeez. So, and it was Smiling Swine. Well, damn. Which, which just made me laugh because I'm like, you know, this song really does like sound closer to the yeah, newer stuff. It fits and, in a lot more because yeah. that that is kind of definitely like if you look at Act Two, that is definitely the outlier. Yeah, definitely. So, so now that like it fitting, I can definitely see that fitting in with uh, the more recent, yeah, like heavily orchestrated stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they played three songs from Act Three, mm. which kind of surprised me. So at the very end, though, he's like, "It's in the encore," and he's like, "Okay, we got one song left," and some guy in the audience is just, "Red Hands!" Oh my god! <laughs> and <laughs> Casey's like. Well, this guy sure likes Red Hands and, like, the whole audience is cheering. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm going to play a song that's going to make you very happy. <laughs> audience starts cheering. And it's not Red Hands. <laughs> because we're going to play the set list we want to play. Oh. It's like, oh, man, burn. That's... Man, when when I, 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 I'm always a little torn when, when singers do that. But in this case, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I really wanted to hear Red Hands live. <laughs> That's a, a real good song. It's probably like it's, it's one of their creep. best. Yeah. It's I think when you Google the Deer Hunter, like that's like, the song that, that is, comes up. Yeah, yeah. It's real good though. Yeah, it is real good. <laughs> and then they played the last song of Act Three as mm. the closer. Mm. So that was a fun show. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. And that's cool. Yeah. Did I go with you, I assume? Yeah. What do you think? Was it too over yeah, his he, head? No, he really liked it too. I gave him Act Five mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, like when I was like, "Hey, let's go see Deer, Deer Hunter." So, like, he really likes Act Five now. Oh, that's really cool. Even though should, that's like, you should you give know. him Act Four since it's the better one. <laughs> well, now he's like, he said, "Like, I want the whole thing now." Oh, cool. Yeah, I I'm kind of surprised. Like, with the release of Act Four and now Five, like. I'm like, man, Deer Hunter's like one of my favorite bands all of a sudden. Yeah, they're really great. Because cool. before it was like, Act 2 was amazing, and then Act 3 I thought was okay, and then Color Spectrum and Migrant were like, eh. Yeah, they're, man, I don't know, Migrant, man. Migrant especially. is just, Migrant is especially just like, let's just make the most straight ahead, like, formulaic rock record we yeah. can. I mean, there are a couple of songs on it that aren't terrible. I mean, I don't think it's terrible. It's just kind of boring and just kind of... Yeah, like, when you put that in, up against everything else... Yeah, even Act 5. Yeah. Like, there's really no comparison. So yeah, all of a sudden now, with Act 2, 4, and 5, like, oh, you're, like, one of my favorite bands ever now, huh? Because <laughs> those... I really, really like 5. Mm. Like, might have a hair on 4 for me. I think, like, the first thing I ever heard from them was... Um, <clears throat> the first part of the color spectrum. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, that was like the first thing I'd ever heard from them, and then I went and got Act 2 and was like, holy shit, Rhett, you need to hear this. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> because I had heard that they were opening for Coheed, and given um, you know, that Coheed has kind of a great fucking penchant for picking great openers. So did you see them open no, for Coheed? No, I, I did not see them, no. Oh. No. Because I was thinking like, okay, she saw... Three open for Coheed. Yeah. And Thank You, Scientist, but yes. not Deer Hunter. Right. So I was getting confused. Like, yeah. All these bands opening for Coheed, though, like, they do have a crazy track record. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, Deer Hunter's cool. Yep, good stuff. If you like what you heard, go check it out. I would say go check out, like, two or four before five, but... Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think four and five just together really seem to make a good package. Like, they're very... I think they're kind of similar. Yeah, like, the, apparently the next and the final, like, album in the six-part story, yeah. I guess, isn't even going to be a rock album. Like, there's that's just people, all he people, said. I've seen some weird speculation about that, like, saying, like, it's not even going to be an album, it's going to be a book. <laughs> or, like, oh, real weird out there stuff. Like, well, like the stuff that it. I read was directly from Casey, so... Oh, okay. Like, it was just... He just said it... He's, he said that, like, the next record is likely to be the most disappointing for a lot of people who only oh, want kind of thing. <laughs> so... Yeah, he said it's probably not even a rock record, so... What if it's not a record? Oh, God. <laughs> what if it's only a record and you only and you can only have it on vinyl? Oh, jeez. Because you need that fidelity to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, they had the Act 4 and 5 records on sale at the mm, show mm. it's just like i didn't buy one because i don't even have a record yeah player. like why just would you yeah seeing those artworks like real huge real next to each up. other i'm like oh that's so, so cool good. yeah yeah real great artwork yeah so i i did play some video games what'd you do that for i don't know you seemed like you were finally breaking out of the rut <laughs> no i fake <laughs> i fake you out every week god damn it <laughs> wait what's the video game Interactive digital entertainment software. Okay. okay, I'm with you. So I continued playing Yakuza Five. Hey, for some reason, I hear that felt- game's uh-huh. real crazy. Oh yeah, that. So the story really picked up right after, like where I had taken a break. Mm-hmm. Like revelations were had, and then. So the thing I've noticed about this series, like, you know, we've been watching Giant Bomb play through Shenmue. Yeah. And a lot of people like are like, oh, Shenmue and Yakuza are real similar. And then the diehard fans are like, no, they're not anything similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not sure because I tried to like think about it a lot and try to come to some epiphany where it's like, well, really, Yakuza is about this and Shenmue is about this. And it's like, uh-huh. no, like gameplay wise, they are really similar. Yeah, there's there's definitely like a through line that you can mm-hmm. see there. There's not some like big divi- no, divine no not like, at all conceptual thing that splits them and that they can never be mistaken for each other no. like the real biggest thing is that Shenmue has the timer yeah. like the day night cycle which really yeah. it does impact the flow of play because you can never do what you want for as long as you want because eventually you'll just get kicked back and have to go to sleep and something yeah and yakuza is much more laid back like you can just explore the city for however long it's your own pace. But Shenmue is generally pretty relaxed about the timer as well. Oh, yeah. It's it's not in any way, like, a huge <laughs> factor in how you play that game, but it does shape your experience with it. Yeah. So, like, the biggest thing I can think of as the difference between them is that Shenmue tries to be realistic. Yeah. Yakuza does not No, give a- not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. So, no. the end of the first character arc... <laughs> It's so ridiculously <laughs> anime over the top. How so, right? There's there's a gang war between these two Yakuza factions. And your character is it's Kiryu for you know from all the other games. Yeah. Who left the I think it's the Togo clan a while ago. He's intent to stop this war between the two clans. So he decides to beat up everyone <laughs> in one of them. 
as like a third party. He's like, <laughs> there will be no war if I do it all myself. <laughs> and then you literally fight through like a hundred guys at once. Like, <laughs> what are those games? You? Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, Dynasty like, Warriors. Like, they're actually having like a hundred characters on screen at once and you're just like doing roundhouse <laughs> kicks through like ten guys at once. It's just absolute madness. That is so fucking silly. <laughs> it is. It really puts like the 70 man battle in Shenmue to shame. Obviously they could, they literally couldn't have drawn as many characters back then, but it's like the escalation is just kind of funny where it's like, no, we're going to go way bigger. Yeah. Like, this those, is all- those games have always been really absurd. Like just yeah. from the fighting alone. Mm-hmm. But you gotta love it when, like, the story kind of, like... Yeah, the story is embracing. Like, it's actually making part of it that... No, this one guy can just beat up the entire other gang yeah. by himself. So good! But then somebody pulls the gun and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, don't shoot him, though. Yeah, yeah, That then shit gets real. Yeah. So, the biggest thing in this game that I can tell, gameplay-wise, that's different from the fourth one is that Every character you play as has, like, a career now. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a main side quest that they really emphasize it, and it has, like, different gameplay. So the first character, Kiryu, he's a taxi driver now. So there's this whole, like, taxi side mission thing where you have to drive people around and actually obey the rules of the road. Oh, wow. And it's kind of awful. So I only did it once as part of the main story. But then he also has a thing where he's trying to take down this, like, racing street racing gang. Oh, well, yeah. Like so there's this, real, there's this real terrible racing minigame. Oh, no. And I did all of it. What? Oh, good lord, Rhett. I had, I had to bring them down, so you, I... You had to. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, understandable. <laughs> this was your duty. Like, this yeah, is what so you I... were tasked to do. But it's just, like, it's one track with, like, three different side variations. And oh, you just... No do it over and over and it's just like kind of the worst feeling racing game ever <laughs> except for the crew by ubisoft which is even worse feeling so maybe not that bad why wouldn't they just like take the daytona usa engine and just, oh my god and just do that why not just do that you've got the code base just retrofit it that'd be crazy if they actually just did that they just stuck in old games so I finished Kiryu's story, and then uh-huh. I didn't even know who the second character was going to be. Like, I didn't know anything about this game going in. So I get to him, and actually, there's a, there's a story revelation at the end of Kiryu's arc mm-hmm. about a character who hasn't been in the game at all yet. So I just hear, like, oh, girl, Majima. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Oh, I know and where this is going. But it, it's just kind of funny, because if you hadn't played the previous games... yeah. That would mean literally nothing, because he hasn't even been in the game yet. Yeah. So, like, they say something about him, and then it just cuts, and you go to the next character. Mm. And so as soon as I saw who that was, I'm like, oh, it's Saejima, shit, who's in Yakuza 4. Yeah. So, Saejima's story, he's the one who went to prison in the fourth game. Yeah. And, like, that's where I thought the game picked up. Unfortunately, in Yakuza 5, he goes back to prison. Oh. That's unfortunate. Boy, does the game really start to drag oh, no. this part. Because it's like, man, kind of did this all in the previous game. Like, the whole two or three hour story sequence in jail. Yeah. And that, like, they even know it's probably pretty bad because there's a couple sections where you do image training, where he's imagining himself in the city, 
So it lets you fuck around in the city for oh, a little bit. Wow. <laughs> but then, like, after 10 minutes, like, oh, back to being in, actually in prison. Oh. Oh, wow. Damn. So, like, it plays out so similarly to how it goes in the fourth game, where guess what? He breaks out of prison eventually. Oh, really? I yeah. Never, never would have thought. So then there's, like, another huge brawl where you beat up every other inmate who apparently all of them are assassins coming to get you. Oh. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. You've been conveniently placed in, like, the one jail that, like, where everybody literally hates you. Yeah. So, so this sequence, though, is absolutely ridiculous where you beat up everybody in jail and there's some story stuff and then you escape on a jet ski and they actually have a playable jet ski that doesn't control, like, a car. <laughs> and then... The jet ski crashes, and you wake up, and there's a giant man-eating bear, and you fist fight the bear. <laughs> this is the part that I was waiting for you to get to, because it's okay. like, yeah, the, the bear. So you just beat up a bear. Why not? Why wouldn't yeah, you beat up a bear? Not? Why wouldn't you beat up a bear? So here's the crazy part, though. I just thought this was a funny, like, one-off joke, because the character had mentioned earlier be careful in the woods, there's a giant bear out there, and your character's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then you actually end up fighting it. So I'm like, oh, that's funny. They paid off that dialogue. Nice. Turns out, you know how I mentioned each character has, like, their own career thing, side story? Yeah. Saijima's side story is to become a hunter and hunt that bear for hours. Like, this is a, like... That's where they went with it? Yeah, it's like... So it's super weird. You know what would have been better... If he would be, like his his side career is to be a professional bear wrestler, that would have been much better. Yeah, so you fight the bear, and then you wake up in this hunting village, and like you go through like these agonizingly slow hunting tutorials. Oh no! And then before that story actually really gets anywhere, they're like, "Oh, by the way, you can just go back to the town now and continue the main quest, oh. or you can stay here and be a hunter." So I'm like, oh, I, "I guess <laughs> I'll stay here and be a hunter." So then like. Several hours later, kind of finishing up that storyline. Mm-hmm. You know how that storyline ends? How does that storyline end? You hunt the bear and you shoot it in the head like four times. And then he knocks you down and you fist fight it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of the best worst game. Definitely. <laughs> because, like, the whole Hunter storyline is like respecting nature and, oh, this bear is so terrifying. Like, he's killed people before. He's like this super dangerous threat. It's all undermined by the fact that the first encounter with him, you just punch him in the face a bunch. <laughs> and then that's how it ends, too. It's just like, game, you're you're really silly here. Yeah, yeah. Boy, it's sounding more and more budgety, huh? I don't know about budgety. It's just like, I think they cram more stuff into this one than they know what to do with. Like, it's definitely getting to the point of where it feels like quantity over quality. Yeah. Because I think in Yakuza 4, even like all the side stuff, it's all like a little rough, you know? Yeah, it's pretty janky. Yeah. But like, it's just cool that you can do all the stuff in one game. Yeah. But... And they kind of took that, they took that ethos and ran a little too far with it. I mean, yeah, I think they continue to run with it though. Like the videos I'm seeing of Yakuza 6 just looks like you can do literally anything in this game. Like, oh, what was it? There's, like, webcam stuff in Yakuza 6 where you can, like, chat with webcam girls. I'm like, what is this game anymore? That, that sort of, like, became, like, my stopping point with GTA 5. 
was oh, that really? like there's just so much like why like you can do yoga classes because oh I rem- yeah I why? remember that oh you can go like hang gliding and golfing oh well, boy this is real interesting it yeah sure did make a big world for me with a bunch of nothing I want to do weird. Who's playing a video game to have fun and says, I gotta do the yoga? (laughs) Yeah, yoga might be pushing it, definitely. So, towards the end of the Hunter's story in Yakuza 5, like, I haven't even really continued the main quest since then, I did feel a bit burnt out Mm. on the whole modern video game thing. Mm -hmm. So somehow, I'm not sure how I came to this idea but i'm like i'm gonna play a bunch of old games oh this can only go well yeah so it was weird because at first it was like okay start of next year i'm gonna quit cold turkey and just only play old games oh wow and then it was like but i want to do this right now i don't want to (laughs) wait understandable understandable so it started with like oh like here i'll just write down some of those games those games you've always said Oh, I'll get to that. Someday. I'll get to that, or or old yeah. somebody like somebody whose opinion I respect said that this is a cool thing, so I'll tuck this in my yeah. hat and save it for a rainy day. Yeah, yeah. like that's what cannon fodder is for me now. <laughs> yeah, so that that moment has come for me. I think. Oh, okay. so, I, so I started writing down a couple games, and then I just ended up like looking at the, the best games of all time lists that we have on the site, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. writing down everything that kind of piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Uh huh, and then. I went on to game FAQs and I wrote down the date that everything came out. Oh Jesus! And I You're put really, them in chronological order. Really I'm going all out on this? Uh huh. I'm really proud, Brad. I'm so, really proud of your list making prowess. <laughs> so I've got this big list. It's maybe like over thirty things. Jesus like Christ. it's not a small list at all. And it's all in chronological order. And then I hit enter like thirty times to scroll everything off the screen. Mm-hmm. So I don't even remember what's on this list anymore. Oh nice. So I just very slowly scroll down till <laughs> I see the next thing and it's like, okay, that's what's next. Oh wow. So and then Damn. I began playing Wait, 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 wait. What did you what did you call this little list of yours? <laughs> what's it called? Well it's called Retro Game Challenge, of course. Really? How do you spell that? <laughs> I think you know how to spell it. No, no, you gotta tell me. You gotta tell me. R H E T R O. You're such a goofus. <laughs> oh god. So uh first game on the list was So I kept teasing about this game on Twitter because it was Parts of this game drove me nuts, and I thought it would be funny to not actually say what it was. Yeah, because you've like mentioned and yeah. made very blatant references to other ones, but this is the one you're keeping under your hat for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. It's Blaster Master on the NES. Mm. Wow, really? So what's the wow really referring to? Like, I don't know. It just kind of made it seem like you didn't like this very much. Oh, no. See, I, I really like this game. Mm-hmm. But it's really kind of handicapped by some awful bosses, I think. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of like a Sunsoft staple. Okay. So, bad okay. boss design. Yeah, holy crap. So, like, playing this game without save states, and then also playing this game without the pause bug. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I use. Would like, stop I can... this game dead in its tracks, like, halfway through. Like, I can play through this game without save states. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, but do you pause the I game? I use the pause bug, though. Yeah. 
I very liberally use the pause bug. Yeah, it's really... I, I'm, like, just messing around with save states. Like, I seriously can't beat this guy without, like, the pause bug on it. Yeah, like, this is, like, every a... every boss past four or five. This is, like, a common theme for, like, Sunsoft games. I think that, like... Sunsoft games kind of have, like, I think a, not- a notoriety, at least for me anyway, where they have excellent production quality. Yeah. And the gameplay is probably real hit or miss. And I think that the closest they ever got to really nailing gameplay was the first Batman game. Oh, that yeah. I forgot sharp. that was them. Because that game is sharp as shit. The controls feel good. All the bosses are pretty easily, like... Are functional. Yeah, they're functional. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, here's a lot of damage happening to you now for no reason. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. Super C. You know, like they're yeah. not exceptional, but they get the job done. Yeah, they function. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely safer to have easier bosses than bosses that just completely stop you in your tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And just end the game because you have to get be able to get by them. Yeah. But yeah, I was really surprised. Like, this was the oldest game. I did go by American release dates. Mm hmm. So this was the oldest game on my list, November 88. So I was nice. talking to Polly, like, that's, like, around the time NES, or not NES, Nintendo Power started publication, like, only a couple months after Mario 2. Oh, god like, damn it, that's one of the first games I thought of when you when I saw, like, your only hint was <laughs> hold B to strafe. I was like, wait a minute, like, Blaster Master? No, he's played that. I thought, so I, just, I just kind of assumed that everybody had already played that. So this is a funny thing, though. So this is a game that, as a kid, I, air quotes, played it. I never actually beat, like, the second area. Oh, I see. Like, this was a game where a lot of games as a kid, like, I would just play the first 15 minutes over and over. Yeah. Because for me, so for me, Blaster Master was, like, that first area and then getting to the boss and being like, okay, I'm I'm good. Yeah. So it was really interesting seeing how much more depth there is in that game than I had, that I had never known about. Like it's a pretty big world. It's a pretty big world, and, like, the animations are, like, incredibly good. Yeah. And then you get mm-hmm. some of the powers towards the end where you can, like, just straight-up drive on walls. And, like, the way that mm. car rotates around, it's like, yeah. man, this looks incredibly good still. Hey, fuck, I'm driving on the ceiling, bitch! Yeah. That's and, like, fucking rad. Oh. Even, like, these little touches, like, when you look, when you press up to aim up, like, the wheels kind of contract and... Yeah, the car like angles itself upwards. Yeah. The other funny funny thing about that though is like where your shots go are determined by which direction you're facing. So like to make some certain real tricky shots, you have to like turn around first and then aim up. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of interesting <laughs> having that fidelity. Like mm-hmm. just the way this game is like an incredibly early Metroidvania, and yet like feels super modern. Yeah. Where it's like giving really reasons cool. to explore because like all these side areas will just have a ton of ammo at the end as like a reward. Mm-hmm. So like it's Ooh. not really giving you like permanent, <laughs> tangible like health upgrades, but it's still like, hey, here's the thing you got, and it does drive me nuts that the gun power up decreases as you get hit. Yeah, so it's that's real tricky to. It's real dumb. Because like halfway through, I'm like, well, I can't beat this boss. Then I'm like, well, if I had a max power gun, maybe I could, and then. Like, the fifth boss, like, blocks all your shots if you have that gun. I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. And then Mm. I guess they might have wanted to have a ninth area, but cut it because there's something about, like, there's a spike power-up in the code that isn't actually in the game. Yeah, that makes you immune to spikes. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then the last boss is just like two forms, but they, they're like totally unrelated. Yeah, it's uh, designs. real weird. It just fades out, and it's just like, oh, here. So you fight like this giant alien, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, here's a dude, dude with a sword and shield. Like, wait, what? Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah. Cool. I mean, the story in general in that game makes no sense because the American version is just, go get your pet frog. Yeah, yeah. And the Japanese version is like some anime, like, save the world thing. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the game, like, they just added a frog next to the U on the... Yeah. It's, it's just the same ending as the Japanese version yeah. where you see the tower explode. And they just drew a little frog in the American <laughs> ending. Good frog content. It's real silly. But yeah, that game, besides the bosses, yeah. I think holds up incredibly well. Yeah. Cool. Like, like I really like how there's kind of like the multiple phases of play where like you have the car driving around, or it's a tank, whatever, and then like the character jumping out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the top-down stuff. Yeah. Which is also Which would different. later be used to make uh, Fester's Quest. Oh, so this came first, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard there's some similarities there. Yeah, Fester's Quest fucked it up, though, where it was the top-down stuff, and then, like, the, the, those weird first-person mazes. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, I think the top-down stuff in this is definitely the weaker of the two. Yeah. There's one area, though, where you have to leave the car behind and just go out for a while as the small dude who's super weak. Yeah. But but in the side-scrolling part, and I thought that was super neat. Because mm-hmm. it's a big water area. Wish they would have done that a little more. Yeah, I definitely... I was thinking then, like, I wish you, you had to use him a little bit more. Apparently there's one part in the Japanese version where you have to make a suicide leap with you him. You've got to make a complete blind jump. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they changed that. It's like it's like two to three screens big, so there's no way you can yeah. know where the blocks are at the bottom unless you just make the fucking leap. Yeah, mm. that's that's real evil. <laughs> Apparently, the American staff complained and they changed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that cool. game's neat, even though a few rough spots. But mm-hmm. my Blaster Master story is that I played the first five minutes on an emulator several times yeah. as a kid. And I don't, I didn't get far at all, but I can instantly call to mind the entire first level theme into my memory. Yeah, the music's really good. One thing cool. that drove me nuts is, like, in the 8th area, once you have the ability to, like, drive on walls, mm-hmm. they seem to intentionally do that. The level design, like, intentionally fucks you up with that, because they'll put, like, spikes in places where you'll just drive right into them now that you can drive up walls. Yeah, they just like, kind of intentionally... Like, oh, you're, you're evil. Because yeah. the controls weren't great for that stuff. No, mm-hmm. no, it's it's pretty spotty. But, but again, you, like, you kind of got to admire, you know, Sunsoft going for it. On things like that, though, yeah. it's it's for real when weird. this game came out, it's crazy like that it looks as good as it does and has like the mechanical depth that it does. Yeah, fucking cool. So that was the earliest U.S. release dated game in my little journey thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But then I get to the next game and it just says copyright eighty seven eighty nine on the title screen. I'm like, oh, this game <laughs> actually older. Uh oh. That, that game is Air Fortress. Ooh. Mm. 
and boy, so that game's all right. Me and John really like this game conceptually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the first few stages, you get. I mean, every stage is the same story, right? So the first few stages. Yeah. It's not, and not even the first one, because on the first one, the exit is just right there to the left. Yeah, true. It's really like two, three, and maybe four are the peak. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, yeah, it was five that I really went nuts on stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like, that was man, real this bad, real evil. And then I struggled through six, and then finished that one offline, and then I got to seven. It was just like, nope, I just do not care anymore because that game is real awful about just completely unavoidable damage. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the reason you have so much energy is so they can just pelt you with so many yeah. unavoidable attacks. So I think it's six and seven. They just start you with like fifteen hundred in yeah. the start of the swamp area instead of a hundred. Mm-hmm. But then, so you get there with like three thousand, but you just can't. It's without... still like five or six hits, and you're kind of done. Well, from mm-hmm. so certain enemies do different damage. Like the big, the humanoid enemies that look like you mm-hmm. do a fucking ton yes. of damage. But there will just be rooms where like those little whatever robots are just pelting the exit doors with aimed shots yeah and there's just nothing to do but like just tank it force through it and take like yeah. 50 damage because they do only do like 10 each but it's just it feels bad yeah yeah but man like conceptually i still think that game is really cool absolutely it's really cool the whole atmosphere of yeah. each level ending mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty much the level ending is what like makes this game notable because it's such a yeah. unique thing where the power just shuts off and you have to escape mm-hmm. before. And like the bl- palette changes to dark and yeah. it's really interesting. It starts shaking. There's no timer. It's just shaking. There's, yeah. There's no visible timer. Just, and then the screen starts shaking and then starts flashing mm-hmm. white. Yep. Yeah. But like, like that really inspired the fugitive ending, I think in part. Yeah. I could see that. I think I was thinking like, Oh, did I like unintentionally rip this off for like stage five of hunters <laughs> where you, you blow up that big, thing yeah and then and then the gravity turns off and it just goes all quiet for a few rooms yeah mm-hmm. and like this even has like when you shoot like you get pushed back a bit by the physics yeah it's mm-hmm. not as dramatic as hunters but it's just interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just... this i i became very close to actually directly ripping this off in uh, bullet phase cool i almost did a fifth boss that just was like the boss of air fortress and then that's what was triggered the escape uh-huh but I was like, eh, maybe I'll be a little lazy and not do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But man, the map design in that game gets real, real evil. It's not so much evil as it is dumb. Yeah. No <laughs> oh, way. It's just like, oh, hey, look, this is teleport. You know, like a teleport. And it's just yeah, like, oh. So those, those pipes just bring you to nonsensical places yep. in the map. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if they bring you to another pipe going back into it will bring you to a third location. Yep. yep. So, like, they're all one ways, basically. Yeah. Some of them may be two ways, but that's the exception, not the rule. Mm. So Sound I was like... Dungeon design. Yeah. So I was, like, looking at the map of Area 7, and it's just, like, a whole bunch of big vertical rooms that look the same, just to screw with you. And mm-hmm. I think 8 is the same way as well, where it's just like, man, you're, like, trying to make this annoying. Yeah. It, disorienting which is interesting yeah. but you know it still doesn't really play well 
Yeah. So finishing six was enough for me because like they give you like a second of spare time to reach the exit on that one. Mm. It's like there's a couple. There's no like this is the obvious optimal way. Like the way they kind of guide you towards. Like if you kill the boss, then take the first pipe, the, the only pipe. Like you end up in what I call like the pink room, where the, like there's these pink blob enemies, and you can make it to the exit from there, or you can just go back into the pipe and end up in another area and try to reach the exit that way. But it's really really tight, no matter which way you go, and like you have to have killed everything on your way anyways in advance. Mm. So it was kind of interesting, like having to plan out, like okay, I'm gonna just clear everything out on my way to the escape so that I don't have to waste any time on it. And then some enemies, like the humanoid enemies, seem to respawn anyways, which is nice and fun. Mm. That game's cool, but man, it's really, really hard. It falls apart, not necessarily. Like, it's probably worth, like, checking out for, like, a few stages, and then, like, yeah, you you basically know what this game does. Yeah. Yeah. Because the changes it, don't develop that much conceptually. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah, yeah. Conceptually, yeah. the whole escape thing is like is the game, mm-hmm. but it, it's a pretty good twist the first time you see it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, the next two games, I I just bounced off immediately. I won't go into them too much. The first was the Battle of Olympus. Not very good. No, and like you're talking earlier about like shameless ghosts and goblins clones. Yeah, boy. Nintendo must have been looking at this going like, really, guys? Really? Are you... Because hmm. they... Boy, those sprites look exactly the same as Zelda 2. Oh, yeah. They totally do. Like, not even the character sprites. Even, like, the interiors on the houses and everything. Yeah, just like, taps. everything like, they is... Really, really... Even, like, the physics and the enemies are just like... You, boy, you guys made Zelda 2, huh? Yep. <laughs> so... I just was like, you know, I don't even like the real Zelda 2 that much. Maybe I'll just move on from this one. Probably a wise decision. And the next one is a game I remember liking as a kid, and I'm almost kind of sad that I tried to revisit it and just was like, oh, wait, no. Uh Uh-oh. So this was The Magic of Sheshirod. Oh, yeah. Vaguely. So this game might be (laughs) The Secret of Mana of the NES. Oh, <laughs> damning words! Wow, so, and I mean that in like the most negative way possible. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Even though I like Secret of Mana, but this game's like definitely overambitious. I guess is how I'd put it. Uh-huh. But also, like, doesn't get the fundamentals right. Where like just the movement and s- actually the sword swinging feels okay, but like the movement, you can't move diagonally for some reason. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. It just at all. feels really, really stiff. Yeah. And then like ten minutes in, I just all of a sudden get thrown into a Dragon Quest battle. Mm-hmm. It's like what? this is a game. This is like a Zelda clone where like the, for the fir- first few battles, you're just walking around the world map, slashing stuff, and all of a sudden you have a Dragon Quest fight. Yep. And it's just slow and menus and like oh god I'm just that was the moment where I'm just like oh right this game has this too fuck it <laughs> weird so, so then I looked up a video of like the last boss mm-hmm. and like just kind of long play the whole game in general and I'm like boy there's there's not as much variety in like visuals as I thought like <laughs> it's a game that kind of plays yeah. it fairly conservative with its asset use 
Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing. Like the first three towns you come to, like they're all like probably like ten tiles apart. Like they all have the same layout though. Yeah. It's like why do you have three towns with the same layout when you could have just had one that was mattered? Yeah. Just very strange. So I watched a video of the last boss and it's just like it's doing the top town Zelda thing. Mm-hmm. But every, like, second, the game is pausing as either the player or the boss casts magic from a menu. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So I'm just boy. like, oh, this looks miserable. <laughs> Where it's, it's just constant pausing to go like, oh, so-and-so cast heal or so-and-so yeah. cast fire. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to stick through this game. So come to the fifth and final game of this little journey so far. And I was feeling kind of down about those previous two, just completely bouncing off them. And I came to a game I've never played before mm-hmm. called okay. Clash called Clash at Demon Head. Clash, oh, this game at, Demon cool. Head. Clash at Demon Head's kind of all right. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up really liking this game, and I played the whole thing. Nice. Cool. And I didn't use save states besides to actually like save and then come back the next day. Yeah. Like, I played it as the game would want, where... If I got to a boss and I used a bunch of items and then I died, I was just like, okay, got to roll with it. Yep. Cause, so that's the thing about this game is that it's really easy, actually. Yeah, it's not too like, hard. Compared to you know Blaster Master or Air Fortress, this was like, this doesn't feel like it's aggressively evil. <laughs> nice to have a game that's not you know actively trying yeah. to set you on fire. It does a couple places, but not nearly to the level of the other games that uh, cool. did. And, like, the localization's really good, I think. It's one of those like, surprisingly rare early yeah. um, instances of a localization being all right. Yeah, like, the characters have personality, and, like, when they give you hints, they make sense. Yeah! <laughs> so you can actually know where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is, like, another big kind of open-world Metroidvania game, except it has a map. I mentioned it a couple episodes ago when I'm talking about Odalus, the Dark Hall. Yeah. It's like there's like 40 uh-huh. routes and then you can just travel between them freely. It's like side-scroller stages. Yeah. And then there's like seven, six or seven bosses in that world that you have to kill to unlock the final area. Mm-hmm. And like this game has like a sense of humor as well. Where like th- through the story, one character's like, oh, you should go down there, like put on the power suit and jump into the lava and there's a rare stone down there. <laughs> So you do that, and you go through this whole little side quest, and you end up unlocking a demon. Mm-hmm. And the demon kills one of the bosses that you're supposed to kill yep. and steals his <laughs> item. Yep. <laughs> That's so like pretty there's, awesome. There's actually no way to ever actually fight that character that gets knocked out this way. Yeah. It's just, like, real silly stuff. And then, God, what was it? Like, the story is, like, Professor Plum is building a bomb, and you have to stop him, and then you meet Professor Plum at the end, and he just explodes. Yep. For some <laughs> It is a very fucking silly game. It's really, really anime. I really appreciate that. It's really anime. Like, the characters, like, even tiny NES sprites actually have, like, personality where, like, he makes a little facial expression when he gets hit, or, like, bangs his head on the ceiling. Yeah, they're, they're, it's really charming. Yeah. So then at the end of the game, when you have to defuse the bomb, like, the code is just totally random. Yep. To just mash through it and pray. Yep. So, that game was really cool. That game was awesome. really cool. I haven't started playing the next game yet. Yeah, I've been kind of eyeing it for a while, so that's neat. 
lots of good NES games in yeah. the world. It's yeah, pretty great. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a you know pretty solid little console. Turns out, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, because at first when I was like building the list, like most of the stuff I was thinking of as like my bucket list of like oh I should play it sometime. Like they were all SNES and Genesis games. Uh huh. So then I went through this NES list thinking like oh I'm not actually going to want to play any of these. And then like I ended up building a pretty respectable list, and I've enjoyed a few of them so far. Very nice. And there's still more to go. So we're at January 1990 is when Clash of Demon Head came out. Feel cool. like we're going through Chrome Tendo now. <laughs> Did, what, yeah. what game were you playing when you tweeted? I just don't have the patience for old clunky NES games anymore. Oh, that was Magic of Sheshirod. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also like that and Battle Olympus in the same night, where I was just like, "Oh man." Yeah, they're both. You're just, like, just yeah. they're both real offenders of that yeah. uh, of that criticism. Yeah. But then I also realized, like, I had just gotten way further in Blaster Master and Air Fortress than I did as a kid, so I also didn't really have patience back as a kid either, so. <laughs> but your dad also owned a video store, and you yeah. got, like, unlimited games forever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, win some, lose some. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you had a good time with some of those games afterwards, because yeah. I saw that, and I was like, no! Because I have, I follow a few people on Twitter who just kind of like shit on the NES or the old uh, gameplay, those... and I'm just like, no, 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 you heathens, see the light, yeah, see the light. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when I start getting to Game Boy stuff because there's a pretty fair amount of Game Boy and Game Boy Color games on my list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But since I put everything chronologically, oh, the yeah. Game Boy stuff goes from like '91 to 2000. Yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> So, like, I've got Game Boy Color games after PlayStation 1 games. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure, it's... I'm sure that however long this retro game challenge yeah. ends up for you, we're going to be along for the ride, of course, and it's going to be real interesting. This is funny yeah. because I usually, like, stick with retro games for the most part, but then, like, I'll go on these kicks where it's like, hey, look, people are making video games in the last decade and a half. Yeah, yeah, they're so, so good. They're so pretty. Look at these graphics and on Modern Warfare. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite for me where it's just like, man, I haven't played anything. Like, God, I don't think I did anything last year. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I played Majora's Mask. Or was that two years ago? Yeah. I think it was two years ago. It was two years ago. God. Yeah, because last... So two years ago, I did like Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, and then Majora's Zelda, Mask. Game Boy, and yeah. Majora's Mask. <laughs> so that was like my kick then when I did like... NES Zelda. And, That's uh, cool. Yeah. Do you think it's just because you've had a lot of time, so I have more time than me, so you kind of have play, have ha- kind of had the chance to play through a lot, big chunk of these backlogs, whereas I've still got sort of a bunch of staples to chew through? I mean, growing up with the stuff, yeah, that helps to be yeah. like 10 years older. Yeah, I grew, up with a, I grew up with a SNES, so, like, I probably just have more of that arrow to sort of catch up on. Yeah. So it might make sense that I'm chewing through a lot more of that stuff than you are now. And you're maybe focusing more on the contemporary stuff. Yeah. But I was also like, you know, maybe I should just try to actually finish blaster master because that seems like a pretty important work actually. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I feel like I kind of consider myself more knowledgeable of the game boy than pretty much any retro system. So I'm really excited to really get to some of those games too. Yeah. Good shit. Absolutely. 
and Rhett would pound Zelda's pussy like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Is that so? That's the end of the retro game challenge. Yeah. Oh now? yeah. Cool. I hinted at what my next game is on Twitter. I know what pa- it is. Pa- Polly figured it out real quick. Yeah, I knew that opening line from anywhere. Oh, yeah. I saw that's at the top of my list too. Cool, good shit. So okay, so I'll just say there's it's Crystallis. Yeah, yeah. I haven't started playing it yet. Some people were like, "Oh, you should play the Game Boy Color version." What? So I loaded that one up first, and I watched the oh. intro, and I walked around like the first few screens, and then I went to the NES version. And it's like, oh, this is like way higher resolution and a better frame rate. Yeah, like, like why yeah. would you why would you play the Game Boy Color version? Because uh, I guess they retranslated it. So it makes more sense. I don't know. You should play Super Mario Brothers DX. Obviously, I've heard that's good. Like actually, it's good, but you know the resolution's still small. Yeah, the so, resolution yeah. kind of kills it. Yeah. Donkey Kong ninety eight. There's your jam. I like <laughs> Donkey Kong Land. Wait, 98? Yeah, there's like a Donkey Kong 98. I think it's 94. 94. It's 94. Whatever. I don't I care. always thought it was 98. Hey, don't worry. That's on my list. <laughs> that's a that's one of those big bucket list games where it's like, I sh- everyone says this Donkey Kong game is amazing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. real good. Cool. But that's, that's four years away. And there's a lot of 92 games. Oh, Lord. I think that was by far the biggest year. Mm. Want me to share my list with you? No. No. <laughs> no. Don't want you to share it at all. Well, it's a little more than 30 games. Yeah. That's, I've been why, we're gonna, that's why we're going to avoid it. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the money zone. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just rip people off and say it's our podcast, John, or else we're just doing the same fucking thing. <laughs> We've already had various instances of this all over this episode, and we've only gotten through Rhett. Now that Rhett's shut up after an hour and a half, I'm going to throw it over to John Thayer, who's going to talk, talk for another hour and a half. I'm Polly. What's Polly. Up? You're always oh. you're always the most succinct and like least verbose person I know. So. Look, just look, look me in the eye. Come on. Okay, I'm going to look Come you on. right in the eye. I'm looking at this Ness avatar that we're looking at here on Skype. Oh my god, is it still a Ness it's avatar? It's still a Ness avatar. Oh, that's ancient. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He's yeah. been using right. it 21 years. And Rhett's been using that Burkestel avatar. I mean, that's just what I picture when I think of Rhett. Oh, that's right. You can't see your own avatar. I totally forgot what mine was. Yeah, Rhett is Burkestel at this point. Yes. Like I don't think of Red as anything else. Which is why which is why I want to fuck him even more. Yeah, of course. Would you sort of pound that pussy? I would pound the fuck out of that pussy. (laughs) Let me tell you let me tell you let me tell you something. I'm not coming up from between those legs until I look like a glazed donut. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a spit take over myself. I have I wouldn't be spitting when you said that. I wouldn't be spitting. You don't waste that. (laughs) Before we go into the before we go into the video games, this is fun. Anna's play Anna's been watching a bunch of anime. Uh-huh. Like while I'm at work or asleep. What's John been is, doing? <laughs> no, 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 it's just she watched um she watched all of Fate Zero and I watched a bunch of that. She first she watched all of Eden of the East and the two movies in one night. Oof. That's that's not a whole lot. Like that's a short series. Yeah. It's eleven episodes, exactly. but it's still the whole thing and the movies. Yeah. The movies yeah. are bad. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't delve in too deep with her on those, but the, she really enjoyed the series for just kind of its nice tone. Like it's a thriller, but it's also like sort of a cute romance thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remembered nothing about it, so I was excited to see her. Stay away from those movies, though. They're not very good. <laughs> I don't. And and we also watched. Um, she also watched all of Fate Zero, which I thought was really surprising. Um, yeah, that thing's just, really violent because it's real, real violent and dark. Yeah. Yeah, you I'm can a do. Big girl. I'm a big girl. I can. Yep, it makes sense. I think the original version, like the novel, kills more children than the anime did. The original novel kills more children. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I woke up and she had. I woke up and you watched, and we're at the mid-season finale of Fate Zero, and I was like, "Huh, that's okay." And then after that, you went straight into um, the Unlimited Blade Works thing. It was awful, and it was bad. Uh... And I stopped watching it. Because that's not Urobuchi, that's the original visual novel guy. So then we're probably not going to move straight on into the 50-hour visual novel. Compare the, the guy who compared sex to hulking mollusks. The guy who compared sex to hulking mollusks. Mana restoration. That's what it's oh, called. yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> um, Put your dick in King Arthur. There you go. Well, so that was fun. And beyond that... um. I finished up Hone's Mysterious Castle. That game seems really sweet. It's really cute and sweet. I really liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it just, it basically was just like, is this game going to stick the landing? And it did. It's just like, it kind of goes in like sort of a cave story E. Oh, everything is a little bit more morose and sad than you realized at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then when you, you learn that the characters that, just seemed like little offbeat characters were actually kind of important. Um, and you learn, and you think, feel, and it feels like everything's getting really dark. Um, but then there's a reveal of something that's basically a bunch of people didn't die. And you're all kind of united against the common host. So you get to see all the people you've been fighting with the game. And you kind of team up and fight the one last person, which is, and it just ends on a really nice kind of sweet note and then like you meet the skeleton guy in the hallway and he judges you (laughs) yeah we know that game we did a five and a half hour (laughs) podcast about it um and it just takes exactly the amount of time it needs to sort of explore all the ramifications of that combat engine which is just razor sharp um and it ends on a really nice note so i i just think that's a really cool four-hour rpg that i'm probably going to revisit a lot um so I, does does it yep. just play like a traditional JRPG? No, because it's turn based and there aren't random numbers, basically. Oh yeah. And so like each move takes a certain amount of time to execute, and each enemy has the same system where they're taking a certain amount of time to execute their moves. Um so basically you just have a number of waiting until your next turn. Um and so uh if a opponent wants to use like a bunch of short tiny moves in a row then and while you're charging up a big move then it'll hit you they can hit you like five times so you have to be kind of strategic about how you handle it and you have shields which you which holding up a shield is an action um and you can just see all the numbers the only thing that's unknown is like the tur- the move that the enemy is going to use after their next move <laughs> oh, sounds yeah. a little kind of like the grandia system in a way 
probably. Yeah, only, yeah. Only Grandia has, you know, it's it's got random numbers and stuff, so it's not. Yeah, and Grandia has a it, bunch but... bunch of characters. Where this is all one on one, which makes sense for the system. I think it it's like a bunch of little sort of math puzzles, strategy yeah. challenges, and it is smart enough that you can approach most puzzles from like a variety of different situations. Like you have a bunch of different weapons and armor. Yeah. that you can use and level and you don't level up your character you just level up your weapons and items yeah mm. um so basically every item in the game is basically useful like if you want to like the difference between the first sword and the last sword isn't just one is stronger than the other like there are sacrifices you make from switching to one from one to the other so you do get kind of better weapons as it moves along but there's never like a straight up just upgrade where you're getting stronger equipment and now the old equipment is useless. Um, and I think that's really, really clever. Yeah. It's, it's just a really sharp little thing. Like it's, it's definitely something I want to check out like before we uh, get too much later in the mm-hmm. year, because it, it, it sounds like given like our taste in games over the last yeah. few years and how we kind of like gravitate towards those small, interesting little projects it's, yeah. It definitely sounds like something cool that needs to be given its due, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely I'm waiting for that. the Steam sale. Jesus Christ. <laughs> for the $2 game. I think I bought it on sale, so it was like $150 instead of $2. Oh my god. Rhett's yeah. waiting for it to pop up in a bundle with 100 other <laughs> RPG Maker games. I'm just kidding. I'll probably buy it soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it, it's not going to be like, it's not super smart and clever like an Undertale or whatnot. Like I don't. Well, I mean, what can be? I mean, I mean, Undertale yeah. is the Chrono Trigger of our generation. I mean, what I can, what can possibly surpass Undertale at this point? Yeah, I feel like uh, Molly's being like facetious. I am not actually. being facetious. Why would I? Why would you say that I'm being facetious, Red? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, but it is like, like I thought it was a little bit like it resonated with me more than a little more than S- SWR. You know, mm-hmm. like it went a little further. I think that that game does. So that's still kind of surprising. You can't talk shit about a Soxcast endorsed game, John. <laughs> we all agree that we love SWR JSTDX Selected Memory Erase Effect. I'm saying we that all I also agree call- that it, we all also agree that it needs a different name. All I'm saying, Polly, is that I may have found a game that may slightly pass SWR JSTDX Selected Memory Erase Effect. All I'm saying is Polly needs that check to clear. Yeah, <laughs> that, too. that too. I played a shit ton of Zero Time it's Dilemma. Soxcast endorsed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, you played more Zero Time Dilemma, did you? That game's real good. Like, are, it's still are, the kind of thing where you can't really talk about it until it's yeah, finished, I think. Yeah, it is a hard game to talk about. Like, I think that, yep. like, the best thing you can really say about it is that its structure is very, very, very different, whereas, like, the other games have sort of had... They, they've played with the idea of nonlinear, uh, mm. non-linear storytelling. This game fully embraces that, in that you yep. just kind of never know what time it is. Like, yep. you, you, you're given fragments, and it's just like, play this fragment. Like, when does it take place? I don't fucking know. Figure yeah. it out. That's what I had to figure out, was what the fuck is this structure... Yeah, I didn't get it. It's at all very at first. weird at first. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but once I figure it, once I figure it out, like, oh, we're just waking up and we're not remembering any. These characters don't remember anything, so that they can show us these fragments in any order, and it still makes sense. 
Um, yeah. So it's it's pretty fucking brilliant, especially since it's a portable game. So yeah. I can sit down for like less than an hour usually, maybe less, and play through a fragment and have sort of a complete little narrative arc experience. And, and you can start putting great. and you can start putting it all together in your head as you go mm-hmm. because like all of those fragments are very distinct. Like a lot mm-hmm. of thing, a lot of things happen. Mm-hmm. So I've cleared a bunch of fragments now. I think I'm like six hours in, but it feels like I've cleared out a big chunk of it. Yeah, it's, um, it's it. I think it took me. I can't remember. I think it was like twenty hours to finish. So oh, cool. Yeah, I f- figured I, for some reason I had in my head it was going to be like VLR length, which is like thirty five for me. Mm. Uh, but it seems like it does feel like it's going to be shorter than that. It's 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 a bit shorter, but I think mm. that it sort of like 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 what it does. I think that it, it stands alone. It need to be long. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be. It, it's telling a smaller centralized story i think that vlr is trying to do there's not quite as much mystery as to what's going on Mm -hmm. because like the end of vlr revealed all that yeah vlr is basically saying like hey the next game needs to happen so that vlr doesn't exist Mm -hmm. god it's real clever i'm really enjoying that game and i'm probably going to go back to it shortly i um wanted something a kind of a little bit chiller Mm-hmm. And I so I booted back up Etrian Odyssey 4. Oh, nice. Some dungeon crawly action. Just dungeon crawly action. This game just, like, massages my pleasure centers in a way that... <laughs> Does it make you want to pound it really hard? <laughs> no. Um, kind of like Hell in Mysterious Castle, but also kind of like Dark Souls, where it's this hard game, but... Yeah, yeah it's... It's difficult. It's hard, but in a way that just kind of clicks with me instantly to the point that even when I fail, I don't really care or mind. Yeah, that's sort of like um, the way I looked at uh, Labyrinth of Toho too. Yeah, was like, yeah, like I'm gonna die a lot, and this game is very difficult, but I I can strategy my way out of this. Exactly, and that's exactly what it is with Etrian Odyssey. You're just like it. It encourages me to take my time. Yeah. And I never take my time. Like everyone else, I, t- I see other people who are like, "Oh, I still need to game." I like, like okay, uh, I'll play something like Nino Cooney and finish it with having caught like five percent of the monsters and ignoring all quests because they're bullshit. Yeah. Um, as you know, just like reasonably, if you do like all six. The side labyrinths and fully explore the main floor. It'll make you just prepared enough to be able to beat the boss and move on to the next area. Yeah, and it and, never feels like busy work. And like you can come back for the FOEs later. Exactly, it's real smart. And I've been having it. It just sort of clearing out mazes, mapping things out in that game, and th- being smart about how I navigate around the FOEs. Being smart about how I resources. It just is sort of very instantly satisfying in yeah. a way that's really neat. Like random encounters in Etrian Odyssey just don't feel like random encounters. They don't feel like busy work for me. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, it's kind of like I mentioned Dark Souls because that, I remember that being a game where I started playing it. And it was like, this is just like walking on a cloud. And I feel very unpleasant while I play it. Just kidding. And... Yeah. <laughs> Etrian Odyssey is like that, where like I know that's not necessarily a universal reaction, but it's jacked into my 
Symphonies so thoroughly that I feel very good playing it. Yeah. And I'll probably wrap up four, and and I definitely want to play one at some point just so I can kind of see how it works on sort of the very minimal level, especially with the FM synth music. So, yeah, that's like, like th- Those games don't really change much throughout yeah. those four games. Like, they're all pretty similar, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't necessarily think I need to play every single one of them. Like, I don't even think playing one is vital. Like, I yeah. think, like, if you play four and you finish it, you you know, like, unless you feel you absolutely need more of what that game's doing, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably good. Yeah, you're, pro- you're probably right. Um, I feel like, at the very least, the things that one would offer would, are just kind of like the, very, the even more stripped-down structure and the different kind of approach to the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, but basically, like, with 4, I'm about to... Oh, man, I got to the boss of the second land of 4 mm-hmm. in Etrian Odyssey 4, um, and I felt like I'd overprepared, like I'd even grinded a little bit, just because I noticed that my characters were pretty close to leveling. Um, I'd gotten done every single quest, explored every single thing, and I got to the boss, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wipe the floor with this boss. And then I spent, like, a half hour fighting the boss... Yeah, like everybody's everybody's MP had been drained to zero, and I was they there was just barely any HP left on the boss, so I was just frantically racing against the damage they could deal, yeah, and trying to do as much damage as I could using up like every healing item I had, um, and like just barely lost. No, oh. and mm. it felt really kind of good. Like I felt like <laughs> like it's just like that is the best outcome for losing against the boss in a video game that I can imagine, because, like, what's the alternative? It's just like, oh, the boss hit you with this really powerful spell you didn't know was coming, and it wiped you out. Yeah. Um, the yeah. boss hit you with this bullshit thing, and it wiped you out. It was like, I was doing exactly... I was strategizing and being smart, and next time, if I want to, I just need to be a little bit smarter about it. Yeah. And maybe I can win. Um, and it's just very satisfying that way. So I'm looking forward to play. I feel like I can probably just put it down after this one and then, like, in a month, pick it up and be like, all right, time to clear out the third land. Yeah, just and consider each land, like, you know, you come back mm-hmm. and that's the next bit of game, game <laughs> that you get out of Etrian Odyssey, because those games are pretty long, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm talking about long term, like, I can take a, take a month off and then maybe come to back to this when I need another five, ten hours of cool labyrinth crawly action yeah do that until i'm done with four and then in another year be like i could kind of go for a little more of that there you go um just indefinitely <laughs> atlas just, makes really good games just like just like the retro game challenge it is it'll it'll be a socks cast mainstay for the foreseeable future ideally i really just like how the game feels mm-hmm. um and that's pretty much all i've been up to what <laughs> yeah what? Yeah. You're what? <laughs> what? No. You watched like 16 other TV shows and it's true. Why are you tempting him? That's a good point. We're moving on. Yeah. So, <laughs> I got nothing other than that pussy pounding <laughs> post for butt steam. Okay. Uh, but if you got butt steam, you, you want to read it again? I I just that uh-huh. line. 
just that line. Let's see. Do I still have it open? No. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, you got butt steam. Send it to polyasocksmakepeoplesexy.net. Uh, either just send me a link to a post or send me a picture, whichever is clever. Rhett, do we have any news that you would like to go over? Uh, so yesterday, Twitch announced Twitch Prime. What is, is Twitch Prime? It's a service you get now as a member of Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's some stuff that just seems like total bullshit. Like, oh, you get free skins for games you don't play. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, it's a Hearthstone skin. What's really, like, pissing okay, me off, what's really pissing me off about it is that I use the friends list on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And they're dumb promotions because, you know, I'm not using Twitch Prime. Oh. Their dumb you promotions take up all of the sidebar now. So I have to scroll or move uh, everything out of the way in order to see my friends list. So thanks, Twitch. I love that. Oh, that sucks. I didn't realize that stuff was showing up for everybody. I just noticed yep, it after yep. linking my accounts. But I think the biggest thing about this is that as part of Twitch Prime, you get one free subscription to a channel per month. Yeah, you can like, just throw it at anybody you want. And, like, they still get the money. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy when it's like, wait, you're, you're giving us 12 of those? Yeah. As part of Amazon Prime, which is, like, 100 bucks a year? Like, and like that's and that's like, really crazy. Yesterday, when this went down, in, like, two or, yeah. three, and two, and two or three hours, Big John got 130 new subscriptions. Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought about who to subscribe to. I didn't subscribe to Big John, but maybe I will next month. Like, I want to throw it around at random. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard, like, <laughs> the people who were streaming at the time this went up yeah, made fucking bank. Yep. And then all the people at TwitchCon weren't, obviously. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, whoops. Bet they Maybe. felt real shitty about that one. That's unfortunate. I'm sure it'll, it'll equalize. Oh, it's absolutely. People it'll get equalize, month, but, yeah. Like, being part of that zeitgeist must have been really fortunate for some people. Yeah, Big Big John, it was just like literally two hours of his wow. subscription notification going off. It was just like, well... <laughs> That's awesome. And I can't think of a guy that deserves it more. I think that guy's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Hey, more power yeah. to him. Give that guy more subs. Cool. But yeah, it's a really cool way to kind of... let Like, if you've ever wanted to support a streamer, but you still kind of feel weird doing it, like I don't, like, you know, I subscribe to a few people... Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, if you ever feel weird about doing it, but you know, you still actually use Amazon prime, which I mean, who kind of doesn't these days, uh-huh. it's, it's kind of a really ridiculous good deal. value at this point. It's ridiculous value for what? $99 a year or is it 150 now? I might've gone up. I don't know for yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure it went up, but either okay. way, like having a free subscription a month to just throw around it, you know, whoever suits your fancy yeah Yeah, that's really cool i think that's a really cool idea and you get twitch turbo uh, on that as well so you don't ever see ads on twitch anymore oh so if you use twitch a lot and you're an amazon prime member you absolutely just go ahead and link your accounts up like go for it yeah no reason not to really it's a really cool idea you can also upload videos to twitch now yeah, that site is expanding rapidly, huh? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's just, I remember seeing somebody say, like, so wait, did Twitch just announce Become... YouTube yesterday? Yeah, I know. It's YouTube, but 
I mean, I'm assuming it's for gameplay videos. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to imagine, like, you know, you've got Amazon, and they're nothing short of a mammoth when it comes to yeah. data providing. The, you know, they, they they can probably throw whatever resources they want at this project, and it'd be no skin off of their back whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I, I have absolutely no idea how the subscription thing works out for them monetarily. Mm-hmm. But... Sure, I'll take it. It's 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 interesting. The other thing was like one of the perks this month was like a free game that was like a game designed to be streamed. I'm like, what is this? Like, it's yep. called Stream Something. Oh, like it's literally meant to be streamed, and like it has like built-in Twitch integration. I guess like people can vote on things in game using a the lot chat. Of ga- a lot of games do that now. Yeah, um, it's something you're starting to see more. Um, and, uh, it started with some zombie game, and I think that's primarily like I think iDarb did it too, but iDarb was I think Xbox One only. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's man, streaming has kind of just become this real huge thing over the last couple of years, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this game is called Streamline. Uh, ha, 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 yeah. ha, you guys are so clever. So I wonder if there's going to be a free game each month, but if it's going to be some like very carefully promoted thing, or if it's like, hey, Resident Evil this month. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think like they might be giving free games with Amazon Prime now, indirectly through this. Yeah, it's... Again, since it's Amazon, they've got kind of the power to kind of do whatever they want at this point to try and make this work. And it's already a damn good value. Yeah. They're taking on the Google. Taking on that Google. Just so they can just, you know, they they just want to be as evil as Google. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all mega corporations now. We're, we're one step away from Syndicate. Any other oh, news? What was you mentioned another news before we started recording? I can't remember what it was now. I don't remember what it was either. Shit. Oh, oh, oh! I do know now. What was it? It was No Man's Sky. Oh yeah, No Man's Sky. They're is being kind of investigated being investigated by, by uh, a an uh, um. It's like an a advertising legitimacy. Yeah, advertising standards. Uh, yeah. Thing in Europe. Um, so thing about this is that. They're being very smart, I guess, but it's like the dumbest thing that Steam did was keep those old trailers up on the page. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So that's specifically what this is targeting, is that yeah. the Steam page is using the old trailers and screenshots for No Man's Sky. Yeah. And it's like, it is really crazy that they never like quietly took that stuff down after the blow-ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have no idea why they weren't just like, oh, maybe we should put a new trailer up here. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking, really. But then it's also like, I don't think much is going to come out of this. Like, what's their slap on the wrist going to be? Hey, take the trailer down. I mm-hmm. think that, like, there, there's there been some precedent where there's been, like, fines of, like, you know, anywhere from 250000 to $1.2 million dollars. Like, I think Sega had to bite the bullet for uh, Alien Colonial Marines for $1.2 million. Which is funny that Sega had to be the ones to bite the bullets for that, since Randy Pitchford's the the lying cunt that made that happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We resisted for most of the Most, yeah. 
But as soon as we're actually talking about No Man's Sky, it's just, it's oh, just gonna man. come out. It's just gonna come out. You it's can't stop it. Happen. But yeah, like whatever happens, I'm sure whatever it is, like Sony's just gonna cough up the money. They they don't. Get I mean, it. they're targeting the Steam store now, so Sony has nothing to do with this. Uh huh. Yeah, and there Sony, was also Sony like, will float them the money. So, you know, like, I bet they won't. They're fucking. You think? Like I, I don't know. I can kind of see Sony being just like, "Hey, you know, whatever. Here's uh, you guys happen to find two million dollars uh, in your <laughs> bank that you didn't know that you had. Whoops, how about that? We'll see. I wonder if they're ever going to update that game. I, who knows? They, they said they were, and, and nothing. And Sean Murray just been nice and quiet. But, I mean, they did those patch notes for bug fixes. Oh, no, yeah. No, no new content yet, though. No so word. people are like, oh, maybe they're working on something really big. Oh, yeah. it's A, a that, free expansion. Yeah, man. Free expansion. It'll have online and all of those promised <laughs> ship types that, you know, were in the videos and shit. Uh, it's going to have all of that fun stuff. It totally will. We'll see. Man, I don't know. Like, I... Like... Are, is anybody even going to care, like, That's in a few months? That's the problem. Like, this game is kind of just done. Like, it's it, real if weird. Not, if not for the fact that, like, it was just built on a house of lies, or, or a foundation of lies, mm-hmm. if not for that, then just the fact that it's just like, well, what is there to say about it at this point? Yeah. There's, everybody's seen everything, that's it, show's over, the magic's done. Like, I originally thought, like, it could have a long tail through Steam sales and stuff. Well, it could uh, have a long tail if it had competent people behind it. Yeah, that's... I mean... I don't know. Don't worry, the guys. Ne- Star the negativity got... Us. Oh, yeah. Star Citizen will save everything. I know. Everything's trying to be the new No Man's Sky killer now. It's like, guys, why are you trying to be a No Man's Sky killer? That shit's DOA anyway. But they sold a lot. They might have, but it's still deader in a fucking door now. So, emails? Alright, so no more news then? I don't think so. No? Alright. Well, with that, I guess we're going to move on to, like, emails and questions. If you got some of those, shoot us an email to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net or shoot us something over at the old Twitter box at SMPS underscore updates. Rad, hit me with a question. This one comes in from Royan. Can John explain the Mega Man timeline? I'm going to go well, to sleep. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> Basically, as far as I can tell, it's just... um. Basically, as far as I can tell, it's just that there's Mega Man 1, there's the original series of Mega Man, Mega Man X. They all happened uh, in 1990X. Yep. Mega no, Man 1990XX was the X series. Yep. I think. 20XX. Um, Mega Man 0, Mega Man ZX. And that's like the prime thing there, is sort of the transition from happy, good, happy old Mega Man to dour apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I'm pretty sure people. It's pretty solid. Everyone basically accepts that Mega Man Legends takes place way, way after that. Right? I think things changed in the middle of development. Like, I remember that taking place very differently when those games were coming out originally. Really? Because I thought... Originally, I thought it was... In Mega Man X4, they dropped the colony. Uh Uh-huh. And then I thought that was going to lead 
into the world being flooded, which wait, was I thought they Wait, I thought they dropped the colony in five. They, they dropped the colony in five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So I thought the colony dropping was supposed to lead into Mega Man Legends. Mm-hmm. But but then, and I think that was supposed, Inafune wanted X5 to be the last one. Yeah. But then it wasn't. And then the whole Zero series happened. And then well, ZX no, think, happened. What I think so, the idea is that Inafune wanted X5 to be the last one so that he could go straight into his new creation, the Zero series. Yeah. Oh. And then other Capcom folks dragged out the X series. So X5 is sort of like, Z, is sort of like leading into Zero. Like, I you could sort of draw the... You could draw the connections pretty directly there, too. Um, ZX is kind of messy. Like, the plot to those games doesn't really make much sense. Although, no. the first one is, like, pretty good, I think. I really like it. It's decent. Uh-huh. But, but, but well, I think when you're coming off of, like, the Zero series, which was just, like, four games with, like, a pretty good cohesive story, even if it mm-hmm. was kind of derpy at times, mm-hmm. um, like, ZX was just kind of a... Like, I never really got into those games much. Like, I played them both once and was just like, I don't need to play these anymore. Gotcha. I think I want to revisit the first one a little more. Like, the second one didn't make much of an impression, but I, I like that first game a lot. Hmm. Um, and then, I guess, far after that, Legends happens. So, but really, though, the question is, where do the Battle Network games take place? They don't. <laughs> I'm going to assume. Clearly... Clearly, what happened early on is Light and Wily, there was a timeline split where they decided whether or not they were going to go into robotics and AI or create brand new internet technology and new internet AIs. Um, And then things progressed differently from there. Like, both games have a Light and a Wily. Um, In the EXE (laughs) games, it's Hikari, which just means Light. So, And then Star Force takes place after Battle Network. So, there you go. I'd make Clear a Bioshock Infinite title. joke here, but nobody here has played it besides me. I've, I've <laughs> played Bioshock Infinite. I just didn't like it. So you didn't, I didn't finish, finish it, it, though. No, I played through two or three chapters and was just like, this isn't doing anything for me at all. There's yeah. always a man in a city and a Dr. Light house. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the joke of the episode, folks. <laughs> no, the joke of the episode is getting you to read that thing without <laughs> knowing what you were saying at the end. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So, oh my God. I think that's the proof clear. Although, who the fuck knows where Command Mission takes place? Because like oh, that's geez. supposed to be like one century after the X series. Yeah, like I just, wait, really? Yeah, it's yeah. a century after the X series. I thought it was like seven point five or something. And zeros in it, so oh jeez. Let's just go ahead and say that X, the Command Mission is a is a imaginary story. Command uh, fan fiction. Yes, there you go. Hey, Reddit's Red Ips is spider spelled backwards. <gasps> what? Whoa! Spoilers! Yeah. Um, race car is race car spelled backwards. <laughs> God damn. Um, they call them Reddit in the manual on accident, so that yeah, just... Yeah, can- so they totally fuck it up. They really fuck it up. Um, Command Mission's alright. Um, I like Command Mission. Yeah. Like the story again is kind of nonsense, but yeah. that balance. But I think the I think the the actual like combat and stuff. It's 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 a fun like if you want it's an neat. RP if you want an RPG Mega Man game and aren't too worried about it being the greatest thing ever. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You I can have some fun with it. I like how when you press the button to do the attack, it instantly does the attack. Yeah. Because you select the you select the enemy you're attacking before you select what your attack is. Yeah. So then you just go into that, and then the buttons you press do all the attacks you yeah, want to do. It's very um, 
very akin to like Zeno Gears and Zeno Saga. Cool. Yeah, it's satisfying. Yeah. Um, and it's a GameCube. The just sort of that whole. There's something about GameCube games that just kind of feel together a lot of the time. Like yeah. I remember Eternal Darkness and Command Mission just kind of having that solidity to them that you don't really feel as much from PS2 games a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that's about that's the good Mega Man timeline, and Mighty Number no. Nine doesn't exist. <laughs> I was thinking I want to make a Mega Man timeline that's like done in the style of the Zelda ones, where it's like. <laughs> Rockman fails to defeat Zero. Bad timeline. Rockman succeeds, and it goes on to Legends or something. And then, oh, he fails really badly. (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There's one more. There's one more very important timeline detail. Um, So have y'all played Mega Man 2 for the Game Boy? Yeah, the Game Boy games make no sense. Okay. One through four of the Game Boy games. All right, yeah. The Game Boy games are bad, and Mega Man 2 is the worst of the lot. Yeah. Five's good. Five's good. Yeah, yeah five I, is really good. People try to say that four is good, and no, you're wrong. Get out of here. Fuck y'all if you say that. Um, yeah, all the stages are way too long and full of instant death traps. Yeah. Basically, yeah. that's all those games. Um, so two is the worst. It's actually the only one that's really, really easy. Like I beat it in like 45 minutes, and it made no impression whatsoever. And the music is terrible. But, but. <laughs> the big fortress boss in Mega Man 2 is named Quint or Quintet. No, not Quintet. Whatever. It's a guy. Quint. And it's actually Mega Man kidnapped from the future by yeah, Dr. Way. Yeah, it's real stupid. Yep. And reprogrammed. So you fight evil Mega Man yep. in Mega Man 2. And you know what? There's a sequel to <laughs> Mega Man 2 for the Game Boy that follows up on this plot thread. Yep. Um, oh, fuck, I'm trying to find it. It's Meg- It's basically Rockman and Forte 2, Battle yeah. for the Future. So it's presented oh as God. a sequel to Mega Man and Base, but it's actually a sequel to Mega Man 2 for the Game Boy. And the main villain is evil Mega Man, Quint. You know what I should have done? What the fuck? I should have yeah. got, got our boy Samurai Karasu for this question. <laughs> <laughs> is he online? Oh no, my god, I have on. to see. I have to see. <laughs> nope, he's not. So this is Rockman and Forte 2 Challenger from the Future for the Wonder Swan. And it's probably a better game than Mega Man 2, but just mostly by default. Yeah. Um, and you can play that and get the continuing story of the Mega Man 2 for the Game Boy saga. Oh my god. It's real uh, stupid. Okay, it's so real... screw the Zelda thing. The actual timeline's worse, probably. <laughs> Um, so, so what's the, what do you think, what do y'all, what's the accepted explanation for what happens between the original games and the X games? I think they fucked up by making a game called Mega Man 10. They fucked up! They done fucked up! Mega Man 9 should have hinted at least a little bit, and then just had X become 10. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Um, but also, like, do you think, like, do you think Zero was activated and then killed the characters yeah. of the original I games. I think they said that, didn't they? That's, like, literally I thought that was the answer. I think that might be the answer. Yeah, and then I gets think, I think right. But they just don't want to show that in the kids' game. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what goes down. Like, that's at least what all the sprite comics that I read as a kid. That's assumed. the problem. Is that, like, I'm just probably thinking of Bob and George doing that and being like, yep, that's canon. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. 
I think Bob and George, yeah, I think Bob and George has also accepted canon in the Mega Man timeline. It's <laughs> just less, like, cause it's, just it's like, probably just, just like how, just like how to make a sprite comic in eight easy bits is totally deadly towers. Uh, canon. <laughs> also, MS paint masterpieces, just probably the best sprite comic. Um, and that is also intently intense Mega Man. Action. Um, all right. I think that, I think we can put a, the... Put the Mega Man question to bed. Yeah. So when I play Chris Dallas, should I name the main character Chris? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was Obviously. gonna go with Polly, but I was like, maybe I should go for the eighty easy bits. Thing. Yeah, go for the eight easy bits. Come on, man. <laughs> That's good shit. After the fact that uh, the Chris Dallas character actually has a canon name, and then just agonizing over like, oh no, no. Yeah. But I should need to go back and. At all the old comics. <laughs> nah, you, you just don't even think about it. Just don't even just worry. Don't, even... don't worry your pretty little head. <laughs> Alright. I think that's the Mega Man timeline. Right. This mattered a whole lot to me, teenager and a little kid, by the way. Like, this was my original internet upbringing was Mega Man fan sites, basically. Oh, man. And comics. So this was, this was what I was deep into on my, like, our first forum sites and whatnot. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Gotcha. I remember a long time ago looking at like some FAQ on game FAQs that was the Resident Evil timeline as of like the, as of like the first four games and and all the spinoffs and it was like completely nuts. Yeah, well, that's funny. This was before the fifth game though, and things got really crazy. Cool. Video game timelines are really bad, like and hard to keep track of because well, they don't cause, really you know, think this shit out. Like, no, of course yeah. not. Like, they just people... like, hey, let's make a spinoff where you shoot zombies. And yeah, how, like, how, how does this work into the greater canon? They're, they're just like, it's just like fucking care. who cares? And I think but, people yeah. spend way too much time agonizing over yeah. it. But then it's you all... have people like Kojima who clearly do care as well. Yeah, only mm-hmm. enough to like just completely keep retconning everything. <laughs> yeah. It's about as much respect as he has for his own work. I think he cared, though. Like, the way... He cares, but in just, like, a weird, so long as it suits the current needs. I guess. <laughs> Which is how it probably should be. Like, I don't want him to not make Metal Gear Solid 3 because it doesn't quite fit the established canon right. or whatnot. Right. Next cool. question. Right, Next from question. Favorite Halloween costume... Oh, this comes in from Chelsea. Favorite mm-hmm. Halloween costume you've ever done, worn or made? The Uzume costume that I'm going to have finished in a couple weeks. Ooh, badass. I made a Sans last year, and I felt really good about yeah. it. And I made a Toriel. Beyond that, I had this thing where I just buy, like, a cheap Phantom of the Opera mask and wear a suit, like my <laughs> night suit. So I just look really hot. I appreciate that. But so, you, Rhett? I can only actually remember, like, two Halloween costumes I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are obviously my two favorites because they're the only ones that made an impression. Uh, oh. In fifth grade, I went as Proto Man. There you go. So I had like this big, I guess it was a bike helmet or something, like spray painted to match his colors, like the red and white. Uh huh. And then like these Fuck. enormous sunglasses. Oh my god. That are designed to go over regular glasses. Yeah. So they, with this helmet, they've really worked as like the big visor. That's, oh, that's really cool. cool. So like, and then the rest of the costume is pretty simple, like gray and red, and like yeah. big boots painted as red. 
That's so, so cool. So that was me in fifth grade. Every single house was like, oh, hi, it's a Power Ranger. It's a Power like, Ranger. I'm like, no. Not not really realizing that Proto Man is maybe not the most recognizable character. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Look, it's Breakman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it was either 10th or 11th grade. Me and a bunch of friends did like a Final Fantasy VIII group. And I was cool. Fujin. Nice. Cool. Look at you. One of the good characters. Yeah. It was a very simple costume. And then I like made the big kind of blade thing out of cardboard. That's rad. real fucking rad. That's real and cool. So, And then there's no pictures of that because my mom's camera fucked up. Oh, like she yeah. takes a picture and then didn't have, have the lens cap off or something stupid. Oh. So it's completely lost to time. I think I even like did my hair gray. Wow. Yeah. And then I haven't worn a costume like probably since then. No, uh, you be you could be big map this year. Yeah. Go for it. Anna, Anna could do that. And I could do that. We we'll get you a big old hoodie. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. It. You, you no can't. Pants. You can't wear no pants. Nope. No panties either. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. All right. You know what? I'd look. Yeah, I think I'd look hot like that too. So, all right, that's a good idea. Next question. Oh, this is a weird one. This comes in from Eric, Eric Joystick. Oh, okay. you mean of twitch.tv slash Eric Joystick? The very same yeah. Eric? Hey, can we support him? Yeah, can I we think we can. Us? We can endorse him. He needs that sub button. Oh, yeah. I haven't, I didn't see this. Oh, no, I need to figure this out. Go, read the question. Ugh, this is a weird one. Your date tonight is a boss from a game of your choice. Who would it be? You can... You can only pick one, and it can't have a humanoid form. Oh, yes! All right. <laughs> All right. Shit, man. This is good. Mm. Oh, I wish I'd thought this through earlier. Damn. <laughs> I can't think of, like, many non-humanoid bosses. Yeah, like, that's kind of... This is a little too restrictive for me. Yeah. Oh, man. Seat the scaleless. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. You say you say and you'd let him destroy that butthole of yours, huh? <laughs> oh god. He's nice and smooth. He's there got you go. Scales. I feel like it's probably a good Castlevania boss for here. Ugh. Oh. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Should we move mm. on? Alright, let's go, let's move on and then maybe I'll have an answer later. Okay. Next question. Raquel, Raquel writes in favorite horror games. And for me personally, I'm really not into horror games, so Resident Evil 4. <laughs> Resident Evil 4, Doom 3, um... And I think those are really the only two that I still hold in really high regard. Uh, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is pretty fucked up. Oh, yeah. Um... Um, I really fucking love Eve. Harvest? That Harvester. Harvester is also really fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's real good. Yeah, there's a bunch of good, scary RPG Maker stuff, basically, and I really like the Silent Hill games. Mm. Like, those are the ones that are closest to my heart. Yeah, Silent Hill 2 and 3 are real high up there for me, too. Yeah, I probably like 1 and 2 the most. Mm. 3 is real good, too, obviously. Silent Hill. Team Silent Silent Hill is fucking rad. Mm. And basically, I want to get into more... Basically, I want to play more horror games. I think I really want to play Siren probably the most right now. That game looks really cool. Mm. Next question. 
Mike Yarm writes in video games you want to revisit. Oh and God, there's a ton, really. For me, I'm thinking mm-hmm. I might throw in Panzer Dragoon Saga when I go get to that year on Retro cool. Game Challenge. Because that's one of those games that's like, I should probably play this again. You should probably play it again and realize how bad it actually is. Oh, <sighs> I'm, I'm really so there, excited to play There that. was a NeoGAF thread on Panzer Dragoon Saga the other day, and people were like, oh, this game's only highly rated because it's rare. And then someone just started dumping reviews from the day, and they're all like 96, 98 and stuff. <laughs> it's like, no... Reviewers all unanimously loved this game. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a good game. I just like okay. I, you I, like I just rolling. I just really like like uh, I do think that Guardian Heroes is garbage though. Oh, fucking mm. god damn it! Okay, um, the frame rate in that game could be better. Just a bit. Just a bit. Um, God, like I can just like look over at like my PS3 collection right now and just be like, man, I could like. I would totally play through Uncharted 2 again. I would totally revisit that. Like, yeah, there's, nice. there's, there are so many games right now that I could, like... You know, having a podcast where you talk about video games is weird. Because <laughs> you kind of always feel like, I need to do something. But is that something that I do? Does it need to be new? Does it need to be relatively new? Like, it's weird. Yeah. Like, because, like... If it, like, because it was like Doom 3. It's like I reviewed that on the site ages ago and people know that I love the shit out of that game. Or like, like I, I replayed uh, Contra Hardcore this uh, past uh, week for no real reason. I just played it. You didn't even die. And I didn't even die, was motherfucker. Crazy. So, but it's just like, I don't know. It's weird. I, like, I, like, I have games that I do revisit regularly, such as Contra mm-hmm. Hardcore. Um... <laughs> Uh, Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage Two. Um, cool. Yeah, that's Mega Man X for me. Super like I, Metroid. All the Metroids, I pop those in. Chrono yeah. Trigger. Yeah. Um, well, I've got um, I've got a handful of games that I like, kind of feel like I have an incomplete relationship with that mm-hmm. I really like. Like I played through Star Fox sixty four, like the first oh. few levels a bunch of times, and then through to the end with save states once. Back when I thought that that was an okay way to play games, uh, just all the time. So I have like yeah. this extremely cursory grasp of Star Fox sixty four, and I feel like that's probably kind of an all time great. Yeah. So I really want to just dig into it, play through all the roots, figure out get get that nice ending, just mm-hmm. experience that game. Um, I cre- I credit fed my way through Rayforce last year. Yeah. And yeah. That game seems like probably maybe the best shmup ever. <laughs> it's I really, it's real fucking good. Yeah, so I'm gonna like sit down, have a real deep couple weeks with Rayforce, and learn that game. Like um, I would totally revisit, even though I played it this year, uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I kind of like for some reason like this year I've kind of like I've not been I've not actually done it, but I I do want to kind of revisit Final Fantasy X for some reason. Hmm. Because that game's real pretty. <laughs> I've been kind of feeling that. I bought it on the Vita. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you have a Vita? <laughs> yeah. When did you get a Vita? <laughs> Last year, so I could play Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, weird. Oh, God. Wow. Almost a year ago. So I could play Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, no wonder he went into a depression last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was an interesting time. That was when I played through all the Castlevania, like, for... A month straight, and then played Final Fantasy VIII. But yeah, like, after that, 
I'm always struggling with the idea of revisiting games because I've got a Steam library that's chock full of shit that I haven't played. But mm-hmm. like, I'm always like, it's just like, man, I really want to play through this game again, or like, yeah. I want I want to play through Alice Madness Returns again, mm-hmm. or something. It's just like, it's so like you don't like. I'm always kind of torn between like, well, like if I replay something, am I just like wasting time because it's something that yeah. I already know that I've done? And mm-hmm. like, what if the trip around again isn't worth it? Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like it's almost always a nice thing to kind of get that deeper relationship with something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, Contra Hardcore, for instance, I played it for about a week continuously last year until mm-hmm. I got to the point where I beat um, one of the routes um, all the way through without save states or anything. Mm-hmm. And that was real satisfying. So I want to get back to that and play all, learn it, learn all the stages because that game is a masterpiece. Yes, it absolutely um, is. Yeah. So there's a lot of great games. Like that's how I was with Builder because I I played it through to the end and did not really grasp it at all. Mm-hmm. And now I have played it again and I feel like I have a much stronger grasp of what that story is. You know. Gotcha. So you can always stand to revisit things when they call to you that way. I think. Sin and Punishment Star Successor. I could probably oh. I could probably go through that again. Good ass. That's a real should, good game. That game is weird. Like. I beat it and loved it when it came out, and then I tried to go back to it later. I was like, oh, I'm really not feeling this for some reason. Weird. Yeah. I think I it's because yeah. the two characters play so differently. I yeah. like, really prefer one of them over the other. Yeah, I think it's definitely, like, if you don't like the way one of the characters plays, you're not really going to like playing that part yeah. of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I haven't even visited that one since I want to play the first Sin and Punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next yeah, question. A lot of stuff. Oh. Next question. Yeah. This comes from Adamine six three four. What was your favorite okay. concert slash live music experience? Bonus, what's a live music experience you wish you could have seen? I think my favorite concert experiences have basically been anytime I've seen Manson live. Cool. Because <laughs> like back like this is like I'm talking like the height of Antichrist superstar slash mechanical animal stuff. Like, when he was in his prime and putting on... And on all of the best drugs and putting on (laughs) all of the best shows. Like, he had a stage show and presence like no other. Now he's just a guy that just kind of awkwardly schlubs around stage, forgets his lyrics, his bassist is yelling at him, telling him to remember the fucking lyrics. It's very, very heartbreaking to see that these this day and age um no man um like i don't like them anymore but muse have always put on great shows anytime i've seen them they're very loud yeah oh very fucking loud (laughs) i was going to say like every time i've seen a band that i've known beforehand like i always had a good time and they're all roughly equal and I'm thinking, oh, except for that time I saw Muse in a small club and they played like it was a stadium yeah, and I went fucking yeah, deaf. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> my problem the first time I saw them live is it was a very, very small club and I came away, even though I had earplugs, fucking deaf. I didn't have earplugs. Oh, no. So hysteria was literally static. That was the first song and then my ears just kind of lost hearing to the point where it wasn't static anymore. Do you ever have your ears like blasted with so much sound that it literally feels like your ears are itching because like the hairs are literally being moved around <laughs> in your ears? That's what Muse will do to you live yeah. if you go unprepared. Um, 
man, just like, uh, Tool, Tool, great stuff, um, hmm, shows that maybe I missed out on and that I wish I could have seen. I have a good answer for that. What would that be? I saw Dream Theater the day before they recorded Score. Oh, it was like, shit! <laughs> it was just like, oh, tomorrow night they're playing, they're doing another set, but with a huge orchestra recorded for DVD, and they played like their forty-two minute song in its entirety. Oh my! The day God. after we saw them, it's like, boy, we went to the wrong show, huh? But that uh, shit was probably sold out months oh, yeah. in advance, and it was, you know, in New York. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just funny seeing them the day before that. It's just like, whoops. <laughs> Man, yeah, like, I have, I have yet to see Dream Theater live. I want to. Uh, I just don't want them to be playing their new album in its entirety. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, see, the thing with the Dream Theater shows for me is, like, I always felt like I got into them a little too late. Mm-hmm. Like, when they were doing, like, scenes from a memory or, like, the other tours, like, you'd always hear about these legendary, like, three-hour-long concerts. Yeah. They don't do that stuff anymore, really, until the new album came out, which is, like, not really the three-hour show you want. <laughs> but then they did the score recording, and it's like, man, missed that one, damn. Mm. So I think, yeah, they played scenes from memory in its entirety for that one DVD as well. Yep. Cool. Anna, Anna as, like, a birthday treat, took me to see the Proto Men live oh are they good they're real good that's they played a bunch of songs from act one and two and <laughs> it was a blast um hound the hounds kind of made me question my sexuality for the first time <laughs> wow i don't know how that i don't know how hot that guy the guy for wiley is like outside of that context but when all the energy is up there and he comes out and has the face fake face tattoo and it's, it's, they're just blasting and they sing the hounds it's like I just kind of melted, and then afterwards, I went. We went to see the people. And I was just like, oh, "Thank, thank, thank you. I'm, I'm a real I'm a big fan of your. I'm a big fan of y'all's music." And then I was like, "He's a big fan for me." Uh, Coheed, they do good shows. Uh, yeah. they're, they're not really anything that I would consider mind blowing in ter- just in terms of like the other mind blowing stuff that I've seen. It's just like they're a great band to see live that I like seeing live. Cool. Um, God. Just been, I've just seen so many live shows. I have life. not it's, seen very many live shows. It's kind of hard for me. Yeah. Like I, I've got like, um, like a folder of just like ticket stubs and stuff that I would just have to like mm-hmm. go back through and look at. It's like, oh well, I, I saw them live. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I wish I had known to save ticket stubs when I was younger because mm. I never did, and now it's just like, well, who cares? Yeah, like what's the point? Mm-hmm. I want to see Radiohead too. And Nine Inch Nails. Have you never seen Radiohead? I've never seen Radiohead live, no. I want to see them and Nine Inch Nails as well. But Nine Inch Nails shows kind of sell out like five minutes after they go on sale. So that'll never happen. It's funny, though. You say you haven't seen Dream Theater or or Radiohead. It's like, oh, I've seen each of them three times. Well, guess what? (laughs) Fuck you. Nobody likes you. How about that? But then John saw Proto Men, who I haven't seen, so. I don't like Proto Men, so I don't care. You're crazy. No, I'm not. Act 2 is so good. And they're never going to make Act 3. Yeah, I haven't listened to those. Didn't they play, like, new music at PAX recently? I think they made a Queen cover album. Oh. Yeah, they're, like, they're they're off doing their Migrant instead of finishing the Dan Megaman stuff. Oh, right, 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 right. 
nobody, nobody, nobody's taking just... nobody's taking them serious as a Mega Man rock band. <laughs> so now they've got to go do stuff. Oh, I to was. Prove. So now people they've got to go and prove that they can actually you know perform actual music. Where does Proto Man fit into the Mega Man timeline? Are oh. they? Are they <laughs> I didn't think of that. It's alternate history. Yeah. I really like That's their version of the pre Mega Man One stuff, though. Yes. Yes, it's real fun. Like I don't think Act One is super fun to listen to now, but Act Two is still pretty solid, and I yeah. really like the Hounds and Breaking Out of Here and Light Up the Night a lot. <laughs> and they played all those. It was a real fun time. Next question. Raquel writes in, "What do you consider the scariest movie?" And I don't watch scary movies, so Jurassic Park. Alien or The Exorcist? Alien. Alien. Like, Alien is just at the top of the heap for me. I, mm. I I love The Exorcist. I just don't think maybe it's all that scary anymore. Okay. I watched it as a kid. I think that whole big scene where she's just in the house and it's dark and she's alone. It's unsettling. Yeah. And mm. she's walking and then I think you see a very, very faint outline of someone's face over her shoulder. Yeah. And there's no jump scare. There's no actual scare. But that fucked me up. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just like my kind of essential nightmare as a kid was just that very faint face over the shoulder. And Exorcist really tapped into just that. Yeah, that's real cool. <laughs> it's just very unsettling. Yeah. So that's that stuff scares me more than like the vomit or the crucifix of the vagina. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, Rhett's, Rhett's a big I'll, pussy. I'll change my answer to Alien. That's probably the like the closest thing yeah. to a slasher movie I can watch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then anything anything harder than that, and it's just suddenly goes around the other end. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna do one last check for John. John, do you want to fuck anything that's not humanoid? Oh fuck! I didn't consider that. Well, well we too started late. talking about we started talking about scary horror movies, so nope. that's too there's late. a lot of good, good material oh. there. I actually have one more question. Okay, this comes in from Flaxman eighty five. Okay, would you fucking destroy Togo's pussy? <laughs> <laughs> fucking done. We're done. It's it, John. Where can we find you? We're fucking done. We can find Rhett destroying Togo's pussy. <laughs> And up all you can find me on a dumb website and next week nepcast nep, thing nep 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 nep, 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 nep. and then we're taking okay, a nep's gonna nep 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 good nep nips and then we're taking a break for a month but then we'll be back on the first Friday of November and remember where the podcast loves you we're the only ones that love you. <laughs>